and welcome to the weekly scroll podcast brought to you by the Adventure Archive. My name is Ryan. And I'm Midnight Sally. Ooh. That's a good one. Where is that? Yeah, that's uh it's from if you if we were if you were listening to our previous episode, we talked to uh Zach uh Jelly Muppet from Soul Muppet, and we were talking about Inevitable, and you can get the quick start for free. Um, and one of the characters in in the quick start is Midnight Sally. And I was like, oh, that's a good that's a good fucking name. That is um, a that is a good fucking name. So, yeah. You know. So as as Hunter just said, we just got off uh talking with uh Zachary Cox of Soul Muppet Games, Soul Muppet Publishing, who also does work with uh Roanoke and Deckard. Um and one of the games that Soul Muppet recently came out with is the game that we're talking about today. That is going to be Gangs of Titan City. Gangs of New York. Yep, Gangs of New York. It would be a dope game, not gonna lie. Um Daniel Day Lewis is one of the most underrated actors of our time. Um, but the book is absolutely stunning, as is the second version of the book. The Whoa! God, that fucking yeah. second version is so, so cool. So cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. Um, and uh, this one's much more, much more pink and red, which is fantastic. But then there's also the third version of the book. Woo! This oh, one is yeah. stunning. And which is also very, very cool. Yeah, this is a cloth-bound special edition book. It's got uh like gold or a silver kind of like debossed foiling on it, but like in like kind of like dot art gun on the front, and then everything else is silver on on the whole back of it. So all three books are absolutely stunning. And um gosh, please stop making so many covers because then I have to buy all of them. Because I've already bought all three covers for Inevitable. So while they're gorgeous, whew, makes it expensive. And then on top of some of the other physical stuff that uh, I, I don't know if you got these, but I got these with the game is the um, we got the uh, gutter sheet, which is your character sheets. We got game sheets here. I don't know that I here. got those. I mean, yeah. maybe I did. I have like, like I said to you earlier, and I didn't say because we on live because we weren't live at the time, but I have a cabinet full of like the peripherals we get from tabletop games from kickstarters so it might be in there but i don't remember see i'm afraid to separate it because i will not remember that it exists yeah so i try to keep it like tucked into everything else or like stuck on top when we move my my goal is to do a whole reorganization with how my tabletop stuff works um yeah so Right now, I'm just like collecting, and and I started cataloging. So if it's in there, I'll find it eventually, especially when I go play it. So yeah, and then um, what else did we get? Oh, there is a, a GM screen. Nice old Gangs of Titan City GM screen here. Great full page art across the whole. I guess triple, triple, triple trifecta art here. Um, Those are good words. Stuff using. inside. Listen, I'm a good word user. Neither <laughs> of us are ex- neither of us are tired and under caffeinated at all. Um, and then actually, and I love this. This is one of like the the smaller bits, but it's the it's a bookmark that has the um, narrator principles on one side, and then the um, the cycle of play on the other. And that's just a nice little thing to have because if you're actually using the book, although they all have ribbons, which is fantastic, it's nice to have it this is kind of really dis- nice. Yeah. It's nice to have this kind of tucked in. I mean, layout score on this, I can tell you right now, it's going to be high. Look at look at all the beautiful ribbons on all three of these books. Um, but yeah, very, very excited for Gangs of Titan City. 
Uh, Titan City, Gangs of Titan City. Let's read the back of the book. Let's give the people a preview of what we're fixing to do. It's a grim, dark, future role-playing game from Soul Mop Publishing uh, that thrusts your characters into a nightmare super city that wants them dead. So, I know this is got a lot of Necromunda themes. I know I have right. not read a lot of Necromunda. Um, so, uh, what was your first impression of this setting? Um, it reminded me which is i I, so i haven't read necromunda either but i have read a bunch of like 40k stuff and it did remind me of like going through and hearing about like the under hive cities and like these like cities that were deep in like at the bottom of these like sewer gutter land where like the poorest of the poor like eke out a survival and there's mutants and there's like subhumans and it's brutal and it's grim I mean, everything about in the 40K universe is like, yeah, you're like a fucking cog in a machine that's billions. Like, everything's grim and everything's terrible. Uh, so, yeah, it really it reminded me of that I didn't know what Necromunda was. And now that we've talked about it, I'm like, oh, okay. So I was kind of on the nose with that. Yeah. Yeah, I again, I, I've, I've stayed far away from 40K because I already waste too much money. And I know that if I even buy one novel... I will have every army in a week. So uh, I, I've stayed far away. And uh, any of the, the the 40K stuff I've read has been like Age of Sigmar, which is the kind of like more like hard right. fantasy stuff. Um, but I know that I would love everything 40K because it's all awful and grimdark and terrible. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I honestly, that's kind of what loses me from it. Because I think it's 40K is really good. But, like, sometimes mm-hmm. it's so grim and so hopeless. You're like, yeah, nothing you do fucking matters. I'm like, oh, god damn, bro. Yeah, but I, you know, that's my bread and butter, baby. Give me nihilism all day. Uh, that's why I, I get out of I played the 40K TTRPG once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, played as the Psyker, which is, like, their wizard, Ooh. obviously. Um, yeah. And I uh, ended the adventure in one session because I... Well, psychers use magic and they have like an it's like magic's bad right it's chaotic it's yeah. chaos and i yeah. you roll on a chaos table and i rolled the worst roll which opens up another nested table and then i rolled the worst roll again and i summoned like a chaos demon and the guy who's running the game was like there's just literally no way for you guys to survive this and i was like okay cool so dope so that's not yeah. the first time you've tpk'd or, or in it whole adventures in one session i've never tpk'd uh other than that name one other time that you have been TBK'd? Yeah, that's never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. John Davis murdered the shit out of all of us. That was yeah, that was really funny. So, yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, so I I I love it again. As someone who hasn't read a lot of Necromunda, like it strikes me as just a really dark, fucked up kind of uh, not in the same. I would say cyberpunk adjacent in that it is like future tech, but yeah. throwing a lot more mutant shit. And um, uh, it's like really sludgy gutter, like um, cyberpunk. It kind of reminds me of like the um, the sewer people from Futurama, almost. You know, like, yeah. but not funny. What I <laughs> one of the things that I said, and and I think I think Zach said a little bit of, of no wait was it Judge Dread? Yeah, Judge Dread. And yeah, me, Judge Dread. I think me. was a great touch point. And I don't because that's future. That's like future broken tech where the rich have everything and the poor have literally fucking nothing and everything's broken. My favorite way to look at technology is broken technology because like the the technology that exists in the world right now is insane and we don't have any of it because we're not rich. So what we get is like 
broken like sweatshop versions of like the technology right. that actually exists and expand that across all future it also hit on uh, like mars in the original total recall for me which i know you said you hadn't seen but it reminded me of that kind of like don't judge me y'all fucked up mutant like triple boob stuff a bit um and uh and i dig it but um let's actually let do, do you want to actually get into the game no Okay. Let's just All right. Keep well, that's our show, folks. The game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big fan. I, I really like this game. Um. And uh, you will see why. Right now. Multiple wins. Gangs of Titan City. Um. Love the art. I mean, uh, I know that. Um. The same artist, it is Ben Brown, who does the art for uh, Best Left Buried, um, does right. the art for Gangs of Titan City as well. Um, so there's a, you know, a through line there. Um, and I can uh, feel that, too. You know, looking at the art, I can feel that it's the, the exact same, not the exact same, but like it's the same creator, you know? Yeah. Um, I will say the graphic design in this book is really fantastic. It says that all body text is in Bebis New. Um it's really interesting that whoever put this book together laid it out incredibly well. Um, very easy to read. And I will say, um, hyperlink to hell. So yeah. happy. Oh my God, it made me so happy. Like there are uh, bookmarks, which is absolutely fantastic in the PDF we're talking. Um, but the table of contents is very, very bookmarked. And then all of the inline hyperlinks on every page takes you to um the actual pages with unbroken links and I, unbroken links wow it's crazy yeah what did um, we what did we go through that had broken links i can't remember it was really recent so oh a trophy but jesse ross fixed oh. it in like a day which is really fantastic i already re-downloaded it and it's great uh thank you so much for doing that um but um but yeah this is a pretty beefy book it's got a lot of content um, and it's got a lot of, what does it say on the back? I think it's like a toolbox. Yeah, toolbox of gang archetypes, game member playbooks, rules for arcane knowledge. They're, they, the game itself, the actual core mechanics of the game, pretty small. Could fit on probably yeah. like two to four pages. But there's so much stuff in this book. This is definitely a... And even the way they write it, this is a campaign like source book for actually running the campaign, not just the lore, but actually running the campaign, which we'll get into. Um, but it's, and I think it's that's beefy. the thing that you specifically really like, you know, like the, I do. the game book is like also like it's the world or campaign book, you know? Yeah, I, I enjoy uh. I enjoy that. And there's also I mean, this is one of those books that could be probably split into three if they really wanted to. I'm glad they put it in one. Um, but there's also a big beefy section for the GM about like principles and actually running the campaign and actually doing all that beyond like just creating everything, which is really, really cool. Um, so we're not going to necessarily dig through all of those bits and pieces because, damn, there's a lot of tables in this book. Um, but we're going to dig into uh, we're going to dig into a big chunk of it. So why don't we actually again, why don't we get doing that? So table of contents right off the bat. There's an introduction, which we'll get into a little bit. Um, a getting started section, which I really like. It's it's just a brief overview of kind of everything. Um, then you're getting into making a gang, making a gutter. A gutter is your character. Rules for gutters, which is the, the meat for actually getting it. Uh, rules for the games, the cycle of play, and then the Titan City Guide, which is like the entire, basically like uh, Gazetteer and, um, and like Campaign Primer, which is about 
75 pages of the book it looks like yeah if i can do math a little bit more so uh it is it is a, it is a it's a decent sized book when we talked about going over it i knew i had it in my hands but actually starting the book i was like damn this is yeah this i was going through and i was like oh I was like, we're doing the interview and doing this book. This would be this is a, there's a lot of air, you know? Yeah, well, we're, we're going to cruise through it, though, because the um, like I said, there's so many tables in this and the core rules are, are pretty light. So uh, getting going right here in the um, uh, goingness of what we're doing. Also, I just real quick, actually... it, it is funny how much that we both love Soul Muppet games and how much I do enjoy this game and other games and how far out of my regular realm of games this is. Because, like, I was going through uh, Vermeer as uh, this week as well. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, like, 20 pages. Um, and yeah. then I started going through games. And I was like, oh, this is really, really good. And it's like, oh, this is, like, 250 pages. It's, like, a much yeah. different experience of, like, you know, of tabletop uh, RPGs, you know? Yeah, I would say I can't think of... I know that that me and John uh, John Davis did a Hyperborea episode, which was like a, a fat beefy a fat beefy one. But I can't think of the last time we did something that was like 250 pages. I no, know we, we prep for die. Um, yeah, well, we're definitely yeah we're, we're we're all prep for die. We're gonna do die. But what's the last like beefy beefy game we did? I know we've been zine heavy for a little while, and I can't really think. I can't really think of the last thing we did besides, you know, even like Orbital Blues, um, which isn't this big. We and... something, you know, we did something. Well, well, it's something. We, we 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 did stuff. We have been leaning zine heavy and rules light for a while. And although this game's is rules light, um, the book itself is not light. Um, which again, I enjoy. I think it's really fantastic. Um so getting into some beautiful spreads here, and I do have it in spreads um, because at least for these first couple of pages, spreads is really fantastic. And the book is definitely yeah. designed to be viewed in spreads. I mean, when you look, um, uh, I would say the first like 17 pages, I love when they do kind of like if you look at the whole thing as two pages as a spread, they do a whole page and then like half of another page that's in one big view for the art and i really really love that it reminds me of like manga panels a little bit how it all spread across from one side to the other um and i know you're a spreads boy so i'll leave it here for a little I bit am so such a spreads but i like i like them spread you know yeah I'm a, I'm a page guy it's just too much it's overstimulation to have two pages up at one time but i'm gonna leave it for a little bit just as we get into the intro here so they say the spires of i'm gonna say plutogia did you read with a hard g or a soft g i read it as plutogia so okay so like a like a yeah. so plutogia yeah. the the spires of plutogia climb to the heavens and at its highest level stretch beyond the atmosphere you would never know those places are far better people those places are for better people than you titan city sags under the weight of rust and smog it is wide and deep its tunnels dig into the crust, searching for rare earth metals and esoteric alloys, all to feed a war machine far across the stars that probably doesn't even exist. It is hard to know where the industry ends and the ruins begin. It is savage and violent. No one's ever seen the people in charge. Their peons starve. There are no laws here, not in the Undercity, and you like that just fine. 
So Gangs of Titan City is a game of desperate outcasts and criminals fighting tooth and nail to claw something for themselves from the decaying industrial ruins of Titan City. It is a game of taking what you can, giving nothing back, and facing the inevitable consequences of your actions. It is a game where you and the other players create the world as you go and lose yourself within it. Vibes. Vibes all day. Super vibes. Big vibey. Really love it. And I love this. Honestly, I love the art throughout the book. This is one of my favorite pages just for the graphic design on it. It's on page uh, where are we at here. Page nine where it's got the maybe I just like a bunch of fonts, but it's like a stack of a bunch of different fonts that really is the is right set a narrative. Plutosia, um, the Titan City, the only city left, the Spire Stretch High, sodden and rotting and rusting and awful, those above you don't care, down, down, guns. Like, it, it's a great page. I feel like this whole page literally is just, like, just vibes. And again, as we've said before, so Muppet, tons of vibes. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very vibed by this, you know? Are you? Is that where you, is that where you're at here yeah, with, the, with just the vibes? I'm, I'm I'm using that's how I'm using that word now. So yeah, you vibed out. It's just yeah. a it's just a verb. So uh so right off the bat, there's kind of like a what is this section here? There are two roles: the narrator and the gutters. Narrator is the quote unquote GM referee. Gutters are the players. Um, and then uh, there are enforcers who also uh basically you know they are the uh. The enforcers, they are the 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 city police, as you would have them, you know, a cab and all that. Um, so uh, and then it talks about the phases of play, which we'll get into. Um, and then we're cruising into the game itself. Um, key components of play. I like all the stuff in the beginning. This is a, a really thoroughly I would say that's how I would describe the book itself as it is thorough as fuck. It really is. Listen, if you want to know how to run this game by the end of this book, you'll have no questions. So no, none at all. And and there's definitely like important parts are repeated over and over and over yeah. again. Like you see the cycles of play a bunch of times, and then there's a whole chapter on the cycles of play. There's like everything is repeated over and over and over again. Like uh, like you just said, there are no questions. Like I feel like everything gets answered by the end. Everything you want to know is here, and every table you want to roll on exists within this book. It is a very complete book for this game. Um, yeah. So key components of play, um, you play to find out, uh, you be bold, you face the consequences, and you create the world you want. Um, these are kind of like the... Um, you know, principles that you should play this game by. Like, these rules are yours now. Um, play safely. I like right off the bat, there's a whole section here on the um, uh, safety tools. Uh, they're not linked out, but, um, you know, script change and lines and veils. Script change, I feel like, is something we've... I don't... Maybe I just recently noticed who... Trophy also did script change, where they right. basically said, you know, you can, like rewind a little bit or, or just tweak it and i think that fits a lot um in uh, narrative games uh the best where you can be like no let's wind that back because the story is more important than the mechanics kind of bits um so that was that's bit um and trophy i like is this so piece <laughs> trophy is so good i like this piece of art here where it's got like a robot with a human a human face just like face stretched, stretched over across it. it yeah yeah God. it's dope again the art throughout this whole thing and you know just what i really like about things. the art yeah, what I like about the art in this one too is I think one of the knocks we had on Best Left Buried was that a lot of the big um, spreads and best pieces of art 
had like a very dark gray like I remember that. Yeah. They, yeah, they so started I like, something like, to that effect. Yeah, they started all the chapters and I felt like the art was like really hidden. Like it was it was difficult to see in the PDF and stuff because they did such a, a gray like wash over everything. And I like that the art is much more um uh forward in this one. Um but again, the 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 graphic design of this, I love it's so well done. The fonts were a great choice. Um and uh and I like the way that the individual pages and stuff are laid out. So Titan City Primer real quick. So I'm going to kick back into spreads for that because um, it's a great piece of art here that shows the entire city of Plutosia. Yeah, like, it gives you a little broken up like here's there. Here are the sections, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, so there's the Imperial Spires uh, that rise above everything. They rise above the radiation desert and the urban sprawl. Uh, the Imperial families, which are the rulers of the city, uh, they dwell here high above all of us peons. Um, they are there. Um, Two page scrolling. There we go. Uh, there is the there city go. itself, which is the city itself. It is a mountain of steel, concrete, and smoke, and all humanity lives within it. An estimated 10 billion people. So for scale, when you look at this, and I know I read it a bunch of times, but you forget how big the city, or I did as I was reading, just how fucking big it is. It kind of has like a bit of like a toeless thing to it. Um, where it's like this massive endless city where you're basically your entire campaign world exists within the city because it's so yeah. fucking big. You know, Slayers kind of does that a little bit too. It's this ever-expanding city. Um, there is down in the guts for those in the guts of the city below. Um, life is painful and grinding. Guts dwellers are bled dry by hyper corporations, smothered by smog and beaten down by the enforcers. So it's kind of like America. Um, yeah. And then uh, there are the three moons overhead. Um, I dig that there are three moons. There is the hollow moon, the garden moon, and the murdered moon, which we'll talk Ooh. about those later. I love that. The great cannon in the wretched heart of the city sits the orbital cannon of vast construction for shooting starships laden with rare and valuable minerals into interstellar space. I also forgot, like, the first time I read through this, as I was reading through, there's a bit right at the beginning where it says, like, you are, like, sending wealth off to fight a war for people that probably don't even remember you exist. You're just kind of like dumped here, and then like the universe continued with the the massive war engine. Um, but then there's a giant cannon that shoots down starships. Um, so, um, no, it shoots them into space. Shooting starships laden. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You are right. You're launching starships. You're not murdering the starships. Um, and then there's you the wasteland. Yeah, I mean, listen. If you if you hit a ship with another ship, no, I was about to say, down. you know, technically, you know, isn't just a cannon a thing with another thing that you use to hit other things? So that is that is generally what it is. So uh, then there is the wasteland, which is the outer edges of the city, encircled by a titanic crater that holds back the radioactive dust of the death gray desert beyond. Um, out there, uh, nothing lives save for the hardiest of mutant beasts and half-life bandits. I like how they pretty much immediately go, yank, yank. There's nothing out there. There's nothing don't else. Even it's this. Don't even, yeah, don't even fuck with it. 
you don't need to um the world exists within the city and if you try to go out of it it's all radioactive with full of mutants just stay in the city this is the campaign world there you go um there is a, a quick breakdown of stuff and this is what we said a second ago like everything is repeated over and over and over again right you know this is like a primer right off the bat to just give you a little bit of like flavor and and touch points as you go through which i really really enjoy that in books where you don't just immediately hit like character creation or rules with like no context to like why you care what a gene mod is you know what i mean like it's nice to have a little bit of information to start yeah good um, starting context you know always important yeah. i mean i'm i'm always like the character creation first guy but yeah i get it you know i feel like I never remember which one I am first until you tell me it. Then I remember that it's, I just know it's different than yours. Um, and uh, I think the reason I like rules first is because I understand why I care about right. the parts of my character creation. Um, but uh, I don't remember which one it is until you say that. And then I remember. Um, so touch points to start enforcers. That is the city's uh, uh, crushing terrible awful enforcers um there are the gangs which pretty much you, it's, it's all the faction city of which you are a part of um it talked about the technology which is this interesting mix of like collapse rusting ruins but also like hypertech you know techno cults things like that i love broken down future technology it's a great vibe and this is literally that because there's not a lot of like industry in the city so everything's recycled right. and rehashed and broken down and rebuilt um, there are data brains, which um, allows you to connect your brain directly to computers. Um, Just like in real life. Are, yeah. I mean, as soon as Elon Musk puts chips in all of our fucking heads that the government uh, are going to yeah, fund. Yeah, we'll survive just as well as yeah. the mon monkeys he tried to do that to. <laughs> hey, listen. You know, he's he already bored that whole... Uh, that whole thing through the ground, right? Oh, wait, no, he just took millions of dollars and hasn't done anything yet. Um, so then there are gene mods, which is secret science to basically unzip your DNA and reconfigure it. And then there are psionics, and I love that there are psionics here. Fit so perfect. You know, it's it's nascent yeah. human power where you use your brain. Um, and then uh, obviously... I like psionics. Psionics seemed like they were really coming up really hard in like the 90s and TTRPGs, and I just don't see them enough anymore. Bring back psionics, guys. You know you know what I like is psionics... Make psionics when great again. I like when there's not both psionics and magic. Yeah, Because totally. the problem isn't the setting that has both. The problem is the rules, because it's very hard to make good rules for magic and good rules and, for psionics. Yeah, totally. I, I can totally think of examples. Yeah. They like it. Sometimes you're like, well, this does this affect this? Because it's not a spell. It's psionics. It's like, well. Yep. Well, what if you have a little bit of both? Or like basically a lot of what you see is psionics is just like the same as magic. You're just going to use your brain instead. And it's like, that's not, that's not it's good like, well, that's and not and mechanically. At that point, who the fuck cares, you know? Right. Then just have spells that do brain shit. Like, uh, so I, I like that there are psionics in here and there's like technomancy and stuff in here, but there's no straight yes. up fucking like magic casters. I, I like the delineation and I, it fits here. And I do like that there is the insidious psi squad, which we'll get to because obviously if psionics exist, uh, the yeah. the global the 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 elite of this city would use them against the people. Have to. Um, another great piece of art. Again, the, I this is more art heavy to start. I think um, yeah. right off the bat in the first like 
30-ish pages, there's a bunch of art, and then it kind of like drops off. But I do like that 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 it is a little bit more art forward in the actual layout than some of the the previous games. And like I said, I do like that there are like the whole book seems kind of broken into like each page is into thirds a little bit. And then a lot of them have a piece of uh, extended art on, on part of it, which is really great. So here's a, a shot of people in, in the sky with machine guns, but also flamethrowers, but also these like kind of like space, like cars, really, really fantastic piece of art there. And then there is getting started. And I don't know, why but i love again this page kicking into spreads one last time i say that and then i'll probably do it again um but i love when there is a huge panel on the side of a page and then big bold text on it like this page here on 16 uh kind of turns sideways and up the side of the page it just says getting started and white on um black and then the rest of the spread in three quarters is um, playing as a uh, gutter. And they do that a lot throughout the book where they'll split the pages, like I said, into art. Love it. Love the layout. I, I you know, I'm going to say that a bunch. When we get to the scores, you hear me say it again. Probably going to shut the fuck up about it, but I, I really, really enjoy it. So we're going to get into playing as a gutter. Your character in the game is known as a gutter. As the game pro progresses, the gutters grow in power and influence become better equipped and able to achieve their goals. This introduces the key concepts you'll need to play a gutter. So this whole section talks about a gutter, but you don't build a gutter yet. You don't build a gutter for like 30 pages. So um, what a gutter is are the approaches, which are basically their skills or their uh, stats, your attributes, those things. They call them approaches. And I like the use of approaches here on page 18 um, where... Um, there are six of them, but they're not, they're called approaches because it's how you approach a situation. There is appeal, there's calculate, there's dominate, there's exploit, there's overwhelm, and then there's resolve. So this is one of those instances where it's like, sometimes if, you know, if it's, if it's a stat, just call it a stat. I like that they changed it to approaches in this because yeah. it really changes the way your brain thinks about why they are what they are. Um, and also I love that it says approaches, see page 99. <gasps> And it's hyperlinked to page 99. And Beautiful. damage boxes hyperlinked to 102. And test is hyperlinked to 100. Listen, mwah, good fucking job to uh, whoever put this book together. The only thing I could possibly have asked for more, and this is being picky, is if when you, you click, I know, right? Uh, the oh, bottom of each page. Back, huh? the bottom of each page has like the the chapter header. If that went back to the beginning of the chapter, this would be a near fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that's just, that's, that's above and beyond. That's bonus points at this point. Um, so there's approaches, there's tests. So this is what I would call a post powered by the apocalypse style game where it is kind of the standard, um, 10 or higher is a success. Seven to nine is a mixed success with a consequence. Um, and six or less is a failure. That is the core of the entire game really is a 2d6 mixed success role. So, you know, I fucking love it already. In my opinion, the best rule set. Um, there are some circumstantial modifiers we'll get to later. There are damage boxes. So damage is an interesting thing here. There's really no HP per se. 
you know, your damage is, is broken down into scratches and wounds, um, which is basically minor wounds and uh, more debilitating wounds. You get three boxes, and when you scratch one, you do like a like a like a like a bowling alley. When you get a spare, it's a slash, and then when it becomes a wound, you slash it the other way for an X. And when you get all three X's, you're out of action. That's how it works. So really, if you just get scratches, you can get six of them before you're knocked out. I like that. I like that it's more of like a visual thing than like a numbers thing. Like I, I always like hit points are always this necessity um, that when they're just numbers, I don't think always function as well as well. Like a lot of the games that we're going where it's like a damage track or boxes that you can like visualize, like scratching out. I don't know. It works a lot better in my brain, you know, in my weird, my weird brain. Cause like what's too damage, you know? Well, I, you know, this is, I feel like this is a pretty narrative forward game with the way that like cycle play works and the factions work and like the yeah. campaign works and the way you build everything together. So it's nice to have it a little bit abstracted where you don't really need to, like check numbers off it it's an it's an interesting way to do it and i do really enjoy it what we keep saying what was that game again and it's literally the last game we did trophy has like no 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 no. packs and blades that's what it was packs and blades has kind of like an abstracted system um that's one i did with kirby where it's um it's true like light wounds, medium wounds, and heavy wounds, or something like that, or severe wounds, as as opposed to flat HP numbers. So it's it, it's a neat way to to do that. Also, um, there is desperation, which is a um, uh, it's points that you can take to use special abilities. We we'll get to those as we get to page one hundred four, and then there's specialisms, which are your um, specialized training and knowledge. So that is the uh, kind of core of what a gutter is. More great art. Um, there is loadout, which is a list of options for the limited amount of gear that you can bring on operations. Um, and then there is experience and advancements. Advancements, um, much like Best Left Area has advancements. Basically, that is the way that you spend your XP to make yourself better. Um, and that is the core of what a gutter is. There is also Very playing cool. as a... And, uh, first of all, not only is it cool... I love that page. I love that two pages right there where, again, prior to getting to character creation, prior to getting deep in the rules, it gives you, you a primer. good idea how it goes, you know? So great. So great. I, I encourage every game to put that in as opposed to what is an RPG? Um, I meant that with as much disdain as it sounded. Um, and then there's playing as a gang, which is a primer for playing as a gang. So basically, when you play, uh, you play you play in a gang. That's really important. The game is literally called Gangs of Titan City. Probably going to be in a gang. Um, so there are, in the gang, there are contacts and rivals, um, which are funny because when you get to the tables, a lot of times, uh, it's the same table. You just pick which one's the contact and which one's the rival. <laughs> and they can, they can swap. They can swap, which is cool. That is pretty so funny. Yeah. Contacts are are you you know what you you know what this is. Contacts are people that provide you information, aids, jobs. It's a it's a it's a buddy, um, or at least a person who doesn't hate you that will help you sometimes. Um, hey, will you rival, guys ever will you, will you test that uh, contacts and rival link for me? Oh no! Oh no! Dead link. All right, we found one dead link, guys. All right, we'll have to let them know. Now I have to. Whoop! Don't watch if you get sick. I don't know why I'm not just literally typing in page like 20 and going back up. There we go. Nah, that's too um, easy, dude. Don't do that. 
Then there are rivals, um, which are um, your the people that don't like you. So right. they interfere with your operations and, uh, and hazards. There are assets, which are valuable tools and possessions that the gang use to exert their will. There are claims. Assets and claims are big in this game. Basically, it's the stuff you have, um, and it is locations you control. Um, those are the claims. They represent the facilities and locations under your control. So two huge ports of the gang are your assets and your claims. Um, there is the debt, which is it's, it's debt. You know, um, there is the hideout, which is uh, the core of your territory. There are squads, which are basically like um, like hirelings. They're all the gang yeah. members. They're they're your red shirts, really, is what they are. You know, they're your the your grunts that aren't cool. You know what I imagine is they all kind of dress the same, but you're cool enough to have your own outfit. That's generally how media like you know yeah, separates absolutely. you. You know, you know, or maybe like each like each person has their own little posse, and that posse is just kind of dressed all the same, but kind of like that person. You know, and yeah. it's like yeah, right, and send, send your boys. You know, like yep, yeah, and they're all they're all wearing black, and you know they're sad. Um, experience and advancements. So there is gang advancements as well, which is cool. It's it's a really interesting way to do not only your individual character but the gang um, advancements as well. So it really encourages you to work together to be in the gang and not just play on your own because you'll die. Um, I really do like the the gang part of this. Like I like growing a slow like posse following, expanding your territory, having like a hideout. Like I always really appreciate things like that. Um, yeah, I think it's fun. So, yeah, I think it's I, I think it just adds a really fun level or layer to the to to play where you could really spend like a whole session just doing gang stuff. You know, yeah, what I mean, like totally figuring out the hideout I mean, stuff, like has figuring really it all like out. it where you can put together like a regiment, you know, of like, you know, you have a gang. It's a fucking gang. They just, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it, it it's it's a good way to do. um the additional layers which is something that we've talked about before in some other games where the when you can add those layers that you can dig deep into but don't necessarily have to it's really nice especially in a narrative game like this um talking about the oh like our bookmark here with the phases of play again all the little bits that came with this are really nice um each play session has a cycle there's the escalation phase which is really like prep um, there's the operation phase, which is actually doing stuff. Um, and then there is the um, uh, fallout phase where you take stuff. You deal with the fallout. I mean, it's yeah. called the fallout phase it's for a reason. It's the consequences right? of the stuff you just did. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're well named so that you know what's happening. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and then there's um further breakdown of all of that. So what's so I love I also I love this. Part of yeah. my brain went, do you need all this? And then the other part of my brain went, yeah, shut the fuck up. Um, there is there is a little like list here that gives you like one sentence for each, right? And then there is a paragraph here that gives you kind of like a paragraph for each. And then there's a whole chapter later that gives you literally a whole chapter on the cycle of play. It really Beautiful. reinforces like the cycles of play really, thir again, thorough. If anything, I would say this book is thorough, thorough. as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. So thorough. Um, there's the danger table, which is um, interesting. Danger we'll get to that later. Zone. Don't want to dig too deep into that right now because it's a fun little part of it. But basically, it's yeah. a constantly evolving table of shit you have to deal with um, that 
again, it's constantly evolving. You create those things and then have to go back to them again. We'll get to it. Then there's the event table, um, which is um, as loud and obnoxious as the game probably is. The city does not revolve solely around them. The narrator tracks wider movements of other major factions on this event table. So again, uh, levels, levels. We got levels there's here. levels to this shit, bro. Yeah, both both within the context of the lore of the city itself and within the play styles reinforced in the game, which is great for that subconscious. Um, so I also love this. I'm, I'm going to say this a bunch. I, I really enjoy this game as as a game, as a book that was put together and stuff like that. Again, thorough beginning a game of Gangs of Titan City. I love this section here. It literally walks you through the first steps of your first campaign. And even when you get to character creation, it specifically talks about making your character the first time um, to get you up and going. And then you don't need this stuff later. But I love that it's in here. So um, beginning a game of Gangs of Titan City, the narrator's first steps. Um, the first thing the game needs is a map of sectors for the gang to exist in, um, a set of factions for them to interact with, and a set of dynamic relationships between those factions. The procedures for generating those can be found on page 180, which is hyperlinked. Love that. Um, oh, is the little one hyperlinked too? It is. That's what I'm saying. What? They did a good oh, job. That's one awesome. broken link. I'm not even, we can't even, shit happened in export and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so uh, this can be done while the players are creating their gutters and gang, but it is advised, especially for your first game, that you prepare these ahead of time. So you can, the city is so fucking big. Every campaign you do can be completely different. You can even take your entire gang and move to a different part of the city and just like, there's 10 billion people here. There's 10 billion people yeah, in the city. 10 billion people in this city. You can go anywhere in the city and do so it's endless campaign options. So and you can literally roll all of those things up. But I like how it says the first time, you know, you can start a campaign. You can start a session by as the characters create as the players create their characters, create their gutters. You're rolling up the world the same time as they are. I love that there's that kind of like dual prep aspect to it. But it specifically says don't do that the first time. Do it beforehand. Be prepped. Be more prepared. Be ready for that. And I know it's a little thing, but I like that there was that kind of nod to I'm not throwing you into the deep end on this. Let's throw a little bit of turning wheel action on here. Um, the players first steps um, as a group, you create your gang then each player creates their gutter. That's interesting to me. How do you feel well, about making that? making a gang first? You create the gang first. Um, I don't know that I have a strong feeling about one way or the other. I mean, like, I guess it doesn't... I mean, it seems to make fine sense, right? You make the gang, who it's like the overarching, like, theme or, like, attitude of the group, and then you make your individual that fits that attitude or theme within the group, you know? Yeah, I mean, since you pick a gang archetype, it's going to be kind of weird if you pick a character that, like, literally wouldn't be allowed in your gang. Yeah, yes. So, um, it's interesting, and uh, and again, it, there's a heavy focus on gang play um, in here. Nice. Is that the right way I should say that? Should I say yeah, gang I play? Yeah, I like that, bro. All right. There's a, there's a really um, heavy emphasis on gang bangs um, in this before you really get to play, you know? Yeah, you know. All about that here. Yeah, um, good. Demonetize. And then, yeah, <laughs> if we monetize it all. I know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I wonder if we will have to worry about that later. I don't know. Who knows? Um, follow us on YouTube, the Adventure Archive. Here. So uh, setting up the danger table. Um, so the final bit of prep is the for the group is to create the starting entries of the danger table. So as we said before, this is the engine used to track the various looming consequences. So they're generated from prompts as a group. Um, so firstly, you generate three hazards, which are your gang's rival, the way the gang acquired their hideout, which I think is an interesting interesting thing they use a lot since everything is recycled and everything is taken and stuff. Something yeah. you have, someone might be mad that you have it because it was theirs before, which is always kind of like a looming consequence to everything since everything is recycled. You know, like who knows if like five owners ago that guy is still trying to find that thing that you have, including your hideout, and then they wanna they want it back. Um, and then there are gang prompts, um, which uh, you pick from the gang's list. Um, then generate a lead or job from the gang's contact, and then you get up and going. So you literally generate all of that right off the bat um, with your players. Um, and then there's a breakdown. The first montage. Ooh, da, 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 da. Um, jazz hands. Now you can launch into your first cycle with the first montage scene. Normally, this is where everyone sees what the gutters are doing between operations. But as this is your first, frame this one explicitly as the first things the gang do in their new hideout. Once the scenes are complete, continue the cycle as normal. You know what would be kind of interesting to do in this montage scene if you want to like kind of like, you know, put a game within a game? What is... um. Oh my god, why is it escaping my brain now? Cassie's game that we went over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um oh, fuck. A really brilliant game that I ended up loving. Um That's such yeah. a good game. So so the game itself is literally like uh, Clean Spirits. Um, yeah, yeah. The as soon as as soon as, the... as soon as my head said it, you clean stuff, basically you in any context you basically as a group get to a space and clean it. So uh, that would be a really interesting uh, first kind of montage thing if you wanted to kind of like um, nest a game within a game. Um, I that's so funny because if you're listening to this right now and you're just listening to Ryan's description, it makes it sound so simple. Um, but God, it's it was such a meaningful like like game you know um like yeah. a meaningful mini game to fit inside of another game i really love that so yeah that's one of those ones where we you know especially the first time i read it i'm like oh we're, we're cleaning stuff and then you go damn this hits you really hard sometimes. i know the, for my first read through i was like oh i really like this and when we went through the game which i always say helps me like really like really get into a game i'm like oh holy shit uh sorry yeah. tangent but no, that's a great, that's a great, I would think that would be a great montage for, for, for doing yeah. the first like kind of like hideout stuff um, or, or use the game's rules, but that's fine. Um, a great Fuck the game's a rules. Use a different <laughs> game to play this game. <laughs> um, I, I love these sections here where they do like a whole page break with like a big section. And I feel like this is basically like screaming. This is important. Read this part. This is a good little bit here, but there's yeah. a piece of art here um, framed underneath. It says making a gang. It's got a breakdown of the six gang types, consortiums, mercenaries, cultists, operatives, enclaves, overlords. I kind of wish there was a page later uh, on this for the gutters too. And I don't believe there's one that's similar to this, um, but it literally says this section will guide you through creating a gang step-by-step step, providing guidance on how to make your decisions work through this 
this as a group. You will all have to play, so make something that you are all excited to be a part of and be yeah. willing to make compromises. I love that they don't put that in a little box on a page. They literally make a whole spread that just says, this is what this section does. This is the important part. Like, again, the layout, the thoroughness. It reminds me, you know, a little bit of, like, Dead Halt in the way we talked about not only the layout, um, but the thoroughness which with things are explained. Um, if you haven't read Dead Halt, that's another great one. This reminds me, at least the way that it was put together, um, of that and the thoroughness that it, it has. Step-by-step um, -step procedure for making a gang. So you choose an archetype which are the six that I said above. You choose a name, which honestly is the hardest part for me. I'll make a million Skyrim characters and be able to name like two of them because I don't know. I just end up like searching like Latin words for like death and blood and stuff and just pick up one of those. Um, Naming's my I'm, thing. My, I think that's where I'm the best at. I just don't, my goal is to just not think. Mm -hmm. The goal is to have no thoughts in your head. I, I, good goal. I'm not, you're not so much like naming the character as revealing their name, you know? Look at you. Yeah, I can't do that. That's the part I struggle with the most. I got too many thoughts in this noggin. You know, they don't shut up. Stop. Um, each, <laughs> each archetype includes XP prompts. You're going to pick three of those for your gang. Um, so, and again, a lot of the rules, procedures, and stuff like that are rehashed in different parts and and but all make sense so the system is really uh, self-reinforcing um choose relevant details from your archetype specific table um like a patron or a kinship um you choose two aspects which are descriptive quirks of your gang they have no mechanical aspect um but they are aesthetic clues um and then you choose a contact and arrival again we the gang has contacts and rivals the gutters have contact and rivals contact and rivals makes are sense things. contacts and rivals so yep um, another chunk here, again, I love the stark contrast between important things and the rest read of the stuff. This, another, you know, like yeah, that's exactly what it says. It's this. It's blacked out white instead of white on black. Choosing versus creating. And this this I think this verbatim comes up later too. To help you get a hang of the vibe and atmosphere of Titan City, it's encouraged to pick from the tables your first time through. But if you prefer, you are free to create your own aspects, contacts, and other elements. The tables are pre-written options to help convey the settings but once you have a good grasp of it make your own i love that i love that there is like a not just like unwritten permission to kind of go off on your own but a very specific bolded written permission that says this is just references go fucking nuts you know sometimes oh, yeah. getting that written permission really helps the brain not be paralyzed totally. by choice i super agree you know? um you choose a gang advancement. You create a hideout, um, which is what form did your hideout take? Where is it in the city and how did you acquire it? Um, you choose a claim for your hideout, which you said before. Um, uh, the gang archetype has three claims to choose from. Um, and then you create three hazards. Your gang's rival, your gang's hideout provides one. Um, who did you piss off when you took it for yourselves? And then you pick one from your gang's archetype. Each has three suggestions to choose from. So there's always hazards. Everything you do is yeah. hazards in the context. My, gang, my gang's hideout is an old burned out KFC. Um, and the, the, the hazards of the hideout are people who keep fucking showing up trying to find chicken and then get angry that there's none there, you know? Yeah, my favorite part is that in the world of Plutosia, there are KFCs. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, if I'm there, there's KFC. So, hey, listen, you know what the best was that KFC Taco Bell? 
Mm, it's true. I'm actually, to be quite honest with you, really, and, and please don't judge me if you're listening to this, I'm more of a Popeyes guy, so. I mean, KFC is pretty much the worst chicken, so, mm. I mean, anything is better. Um, I also don't eat meat uh, anymore, but... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what? Let's let's just hit one gang archetype, and we'll go through that a little bit. Um, which one really stuck out to you? So, there's uh, the consortium, which are hacker hawkers and fabricators. Um, they basically are the like movers and shakers of like stuff and guns. You know? Yeah. Um, there are uh, the cults. Which are, that was a good I mean, one. Cults. I think the one that really stuck out to me was operatives. I was just kind of in like that saboteur kind of secret stealthy guy mode. Um, I think this is a game where it's like, you know, I'm I'm always the magic boy, but there's not really magic in this game. Um, yeah. And when it's not really magic, I'm like, oh, I'm the uh, the fixer, the skill monkey, the stealth guy. You know? Yep. Yep. That's you. That is you for sure. Uh, which one do you think is my favorite? um oh hold on i gotta look at them all um to um i assume i assume it's the cultist so yeah of course it's a fucking cultist um so anyway so the cultists are cults you know uh they're to various things alien parasites rogue ai divine beings um there are the oh oh, they get a patron gift though which is interesting um which is a cool little aspect um i like that there is a little bit of asymmetry in that like not everyone's going to get something like that but not everyone needs something like that there's literally the possibility that you fulfill your patrons wishes um and they come down and reshape your entire world and campaign which is fucking dope yeah that Um, is uh that is pretty intense you're like oh okay cool like um i love really over the top stuff like that in tabletop rpgs and i feel like a lot of like, especially more trad ones, like really reel back from doing things like that. That'll really oh, affect yeah. the game world. Not like, no, fuck it up. That's fine. I, I want, yeah. like, like I always say, like, I want to play a game with with my players, and I want to not know what's going to happen either. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem with a lot of trad games, you know, especially uh, the world's most overhyped uh, role playing game, is um, that uh, there's a narrative that has to be followed. So you being able to change the entire world does not fit the narrative. So you don't really right. get to do those things. Um, the next one is the Enclave, um, which are the dispossessed and the outcla- and the outcasts. They are the people on the margins, the weak, the mutants, those kind of things. Um, there is the mercenaries, which is also a super fun one um, that yeah. I imagine in this um, because they do a totally. lot of like different aspects of mercenaries here too so war dogs and guns for hire um but that could even be um uh not just straight up mercs but even just like uh like like a little punk gang of fuckaroos that just that like someone hires you to go fuck stuff up it it, it goes through the whole spectrum of that all the way to like a well-oiled elite like you know uh blackstone or whatever you know um then there are the operatives uh, which are saboteurs and infiltrators. We're going to come back to that in just a second. Just want to hit all of the gang types real quick. The overlords, which are really interesting. They are the tyrants and conquerors. Um, the enforcers could never hope to fully control the entire city. Basically, these are rich people that um, come down and kind of um, fuck everything up. I, I This is the, the, the gangs in New York, Daniel Day-Lewis character for me right. kind of a bit. Yeah. 
um, which is which is another one of my favorite ones here. Um, and so going over an individual archetype so you know what gangs are like, um, we're going to go with the ops, which is what uh, which is what Hunter said. And I love the pest control outfits that the art are uh, the art are wearing here with like shotguns and end beams here. Um, yeah, you just gotta kill some pests. That's it, you know. And just because you are a pest, you know. Um, <laughs> so secrets lurk in every corner of Titan City, written in ink on parchment and blood in the alleyways. You've made it your business to know these secrets and to use them. A secret no one knows is just a secret that isn't making you rich yet. What was the first secret you found that revealed this path to you? Do you ever feel bad about the people compromised by your work? Are there any lines you won't cross? I love that there are a lot of these like question prompts. Yeah. Like as you're building stuff really makes you go, hmm, you know, I also like it. This would be like, I can totally see going through this being so much fun for the group and building being like, yeah, like, okay, here's some questions. And then everyone gets to go around like, okay, well, how do you guys, how do y'all, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like group building activities are like a blast. Um, so putting yeah. the game together yourself and being like, yeah, uh we, we don't harm children or whatever you know or yeah. whatever uh yeah it'd be fun it's a good time yeah, it, it's a great way it, i feel like you're almost you're it, it's like almost a built-in zero session but also creates the the play world for you too you know because right uh sometimes especially with a new group of people the hardest thing is to kind of build like a rapport like or a build like a yeah, rapport. That's what I'm looking for. Get everyone at the table talking, feel out people's styles, do the kind of things like that. So when someone's arguing for or against something in gang making, I feel like everyone's going to get like a good impression or at least a good um, understanding of the rest of the people at the table. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a perfect way to start everything off. And it's again, it's cool that you build the gang before you build your gutter. Because it also, I think, is going to help you focus your gutter and, again, really zero in and reduce your um, kind of choice paralysis a little bit. Um, so when you choose to play as operatives, choose three of the following XP prompts. Which which three jumped out at you? Um, leave no traces. Mm -hmm. Choose yep. a subtle approach over the direct. Mm -hmm. Um. Yep. I like also, I think either, I think actually I'll go with subvert their target strengths into vulnerabilities. That's a good one. Those are, yeah. those, those were some of my top threes. I also love the exploit their foes weaknesses. That's a good one. Yeah, that was a good one too. Um, yeah, but a great set for each one. There are a solid like six and you get to choose three. So it, it's neat for each individual one. Everything we're going to go over here, is, they are in each archetype too. So um, when the gang uses one of these in a risky situation, it gains one XP because gangs have XP. The gang can only gain one XP from each prompt per cycle. So total max of three if you hit all of these for your gang stuff. Um, and then operatives begin with one advancement and one claim. So right off the bat, that's what you get. So um, example operative gang names. There is the Subversion Inc., the Raven Ears, the Bitter Wind, Operation Mind Crime. That's the one that really stuck out to me. Such a um, terrible fucking name. It's so good. Um, starting claim, choose one. Informants, data web plugin, or cooked books. So you get to pick one of those for your gang. Which one would you pick? Oh, data web plugin. Yeah, of course. Um specialty service what dirty deed are you known for corporate espionage blackmail cyber warfare kidnapping and extortion theft and bur burglary and crisis management which one are you going with corporate esp espionage no easy 
Got it. Got it. So you're 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 a very you're a very tech infiltrator. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you're going hardcore infiltration sabotage, like really, yeah. you know, gaining information, ver- like like subverting them from the inside, maybe in a way they don't even realize, like immediately, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like a, a smiley face pops up after you've made your escape, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, aspects. You get to choose two aspects. What I was, I was really trying you... to think of what the it says around the smiley face in um, Ghost in the Shell. I was gonna start saying that. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The Laughing Man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember either. Yeah. No. Oh, well. So aspects. Which two were you going for for you for your ops gang? Um. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Secret cipher. I think. And then cool sunglasses. Now, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. What do you pick? You pick some. So there's secret cipher, incomplete database, matching suits, cool sunglasses, tinted windows, and alternate identities. So the I aspects think alternate don't have... identities for what I'm going for, actually. Yeah. I think alternate identities works for, for what you're going for. So again, aspects aren't mechanical at all. It's just cool shit that like really like rounds out yeah. your stuff. So I cool sunglasses and tinted it's, windows. It's meaningless cool shit. I'm like, fuck, wait, which one do I want though? <laughs> right? I mean, aesthetically, you know, this is what you get, you know, matching suits or alternate identities. So op gear, uh, you get a disguise for each gutter, a signal jammer, a forged evidence, and a stolen password. So that's uh, the gear that you get. Um, and then there are operative hazards. Uh, you have your own secrets. It may only be a hairline fracture, but what lurking issue is poised to bring you significant difficulty down the road? There's Into Deep, which is a previous job had unexpected complications, um, and those people might be after you still. And then there's the Obsessed Investigator. Someone is doggedly on your hills, heels. What originally set them on your scent? So those are hazards you can choose from. Um, and then there are examples, contacts, slash rivals. As I said, you choose one who supplies you with information and jobs and one whom you stole from recently. One is a contact, the other is a rival. So it could be either, and they could even switch. So out of these um, six rivals here, which one or wh- which contact, which rival would you have picked from these guys? I think we have the Web Baron as our contact. Okay. Um. And I think that criminal criminal syndicate sell as our rival, you know. Nice, nice. So yeah. the uh, the user fifteen forty data web baron, having personally built their sector's data web nexus, user fifteen forty is theoretically privy to an enormous amount of information, which could theoretically be enormously valuable. But that's all enormously theoretical, of course. This is the the guy that I imagine you go over, and he's like the weird nerd dude in like his basement, but his basement is like a huge room of like computer monitors and stuff. Like that sitting guy. there typing, and he's like, "The lizard yeah. people are here, man. You don't even know." Yeah. Oh gosh, who is that character from Firefly that gives him? In, but it's in the Serenity movie right off the bat. The guy that's oh. everywhere. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I do know who you're talking about. Hold on, doesn't he yeah, die in Serenity? He does die. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, that guy. Honestly, um, and if you haven't seen Serenity by this point, fuck you. You know. Yeah, We're the hardcore. watcher business here. <laughs> From us to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
and your enemy was wavelength the criminal syndicate cell this is your rifle only part of a greater whole wavelength deals in daring data web breaches and other corporate espionage jobs other cells are beginning to resent their success makes total sense that that's it a makes rival. total sense yeah it was like yeah. it's the one that immediately popped out i'm just like oh yeah obviously like they're doing they're there are rivals like we're doing the same work you know yeah yeah makes a total sense and and that your guy your plugged in guy is your your helper that's great um so you could obviously roll d6s on that if you really wanted to um i like you know what i like is that all of these are they're pretty much always six or three or whatever for all of these but i yeah. love that they're not numbered yeah totally they don't really need to be you can pick them like you know yeah. Because it says you can roll on everything, and you can without numbers, but I feel like there's like a, a subconscious implication whenever it is numbered, when there are numbers, that you have, have, to. have to fucking roll yeah. on it. You don't. I love, I love you that it's You know what's so funny is that my player characters in my table do not feel like that. What? They, if there's that numbers means, that they have to roll? Yeah. And I'm Maybe like, oh, my dumb brain. I'm like, oh, really? Like, I no, no, because I totally feel the same way. I'm like, oh, okay. it's numbered, so... Roll. Pick? Yeah. Um... But yeah, I had I, like I had that, that moment uh, a couple weeks ago playing with them. I was like, "Oh, you guys don't feel like that." I definitely do. So, well, they're newer to RPGs and stuff too, right? They are, you know. Uh, yeah. See, we've all we've rolled on things for so long that totally. But it's funny because you know only one of them's ever played Dungeons and Dragons. So, oh, I have a table that I all have all played Bastards and then play come and play Vermhack and then come play D and D. So, hey, listen, good. Yeah, good. this um, is the future liberals want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah just get them get them play osc first you know what i mean or, or just go yeah. all back to like homes or something um so operative advancements the this is the last part of the archetype um there are black hats when you seize control of a security system choose one of the following there are forgers and fakers you take plus one die on a test to fabricate evidence they're invisible hands none of your contacts or claims can be traced back to you there's a network specialist when you score at least a partial success on a test to gather intel by hacking the data web, choose one of the following. There's played into your hands. You can increase or decrease the result of any role on the danger table. There's professional reputation. When you complete a job for someone without raising alarm, clear two debt. They're selling takeover. When you seize a claim or asset from another gang, you may take on one debt to decide what or whom the targeted gang blames for the loss. And then there's twitchy nerves and carbon fire. Fiber, your sneaks have an additional edge and an additional resistance box up to a max of three. So um, those which, are all so good um, yeah. that I'm like, oh fuck, what would I do? I think what I'd pick off the bat would be black hats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but just for what I'm going for. Sorry, I know I keep coughing. Um, try and mute sometimes, forget. But like, you can remotely access a system at any time. Um, you can break into it in a way indistinguishable from a freak malfunction. Like, dude, come on. Like, that's good. Nope. And the last one is you gain access to additional systems more systems more deeply embedded in the security network. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, it's, it's really, just across the board, black hats. I'm like, oh, I would start with like that would be the first advantage. Yeah. You know? I figured black hats are network specialists because you did have the data web. Um Yes, the, the network specialist thing. is a good one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but that's what you have your contact for. He is a data web specialist, so you're good. So that is what you get from an archetype and a gang. And that's, they're all that's... like all the gangs. So I didn't read through all of them, but I read through the cultists and I oh, read I through that one. Yeah. Um, and I read through the Merc one, and they're all that good. You know, they're like good. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is fun. Like this is fun as fuck. So the thing is, like, you could as I was reading it, and then another one would pop up. I'm like, oh, this one's fucking cool. There's not any that I would be like, nah. Yeah. Nah. 
Even you if I randomly I mean? rolled, I would not be unhappy with any of them. I'd be like, okay, cool. This is they're they're all they all can be cool. So yeah, and since they since they really um like help to focus, I want to say dictate, but like really help focus the kind of gutter you're gonna make afterwards. It's really gonna change the entire way that the, that you play. Like if you if the difference between overlords and enclave is so stark. Like if yeah. you're just a bunch of rich fucks like keeping your peons in line, or if you are the peons getting like. Pete, like Pete, like if you are, the like, on, the peons a, getting peed on, you know. Yeah, it is such a starkly different campaign you're gonna run. Even if you roll the exact city, the exact, you know, yeah. everything else, it's so different. Um, then we get into making a gutter. Again, gutters are your characters. Another great piece of art here, um, with some uh, some people at what looks like a bar with some cyber stuff happening. Anyway, so step-by-step -step procedure. You choose a class, you choose a name, you choose three XP prompts, you assign approach modifiers. I, I, I neither like nor dislike. I like it. I'm fine with it. So you basically standard array this across right. your six. Yeah. So, but you can tweak it, which I really like. If it was that, that was it, and that's all you could do, I, it would bug me a little bit. But you get a plus two up, a plus one, a plus one, a plus zero, a plus zero, and a minus one, which basically is very similar to like the four stat minus one, zero, plus one, plus two. There's just two extra right. stats. So you get another plus one um, and another zero with it. Um, and I think the lowest you can go is minus one, if I remember correctly, and the highest you go to plus three. So I don't think you go below minus one um, right off the okay. bat or at all. Um, it says optionally you can change one of the plus one modifiers to a plus two. But if you do so, you must also change one of the plus zero modifiers to a minus one. Yeah. And you can only do this once. I love that. Great. Yeah. So um, you can be slightly better at one more thing, but then you're slightly worse at one more thing. Um, and the modifiers have a large bearing on your gutter's effectiveness. I mean, and we talked about this before. It's a 2D6 system. So when you're doing modifiers, mathematically, each one roughly gives you a like 25% increased chance of success, right? Because right. a plus three, you have a 75% chance of, su of succeeding at your role. So... A plus two is pretty fucking big. I mean, that's like a 50% chance of succeeding. It really is, seven, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. really, I mean, it's a bell curve. So the, the highest points, I think, are like seven. So, you know, plus yeah, two, I mean, seven, peaks, eight, nine, yeah. you're almost there. So, well, and the, so the thing too, though, is if you make another one that's a minus one, it, it, a six is a miss. So if you have a bunch of minus ones and you roll average, you're going to miss a bunch. Yeah. So it's, I like this little spread here. Um, okay. So, um another big you know great design i just love the black and white and the stark contrast like uh this has got like a a little bit less than half of a page as a, a black section aspects have no mechanics while some aspects suggest a gutter has cybernetic implants or genetic modification remember that they actually grant no inherent benefits a technomancer's optical implants aspect functions only as well as an organic eye. If you want to expand its capabilities, invest in gaining a cybernetic augmentation advancement. However, there are circumstantial bonuses where if you do something cool with some of your aspects, the, 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 the fuck, what is the, what is it called again? The, not the narrator. Is it the narrator? Yeah. It literally says the narrator. So basically aspects are not mechanical. And if you want to make them mechanical, Get advancements. So, but if you narrate a super cool and do something super cool, the narrator can choose to just give you a plus one. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. 
cool Which is i nice. love that you know yeah but it, like like uh um it's a circumstantial bonus it's also like um it, it's a little bit of like a um narrative advantage kind of situation you know but it's not advantage yeah um listen i'll give anyway. a plus one for for narrating i want to have a fun time playing this game as well so yeah, i don't want to be the yeah. best narrator at the table if you can out narrate me you bet you're getting a plus one motherfucker i'm oh, down yeah. so absolutely all right, so you pick aspects and personality traits. You choose a contact and arrival. You choose your specialisms. You choose an advancement. You note your gear, and that's how you make a gutter. So um, choosing versus creating, this is the same thing above, same just thing. on the side instead of the top. But basically, as it said before, it's encouraged you to pick from here first, but once you get the hang of it, make your own shit. You have this 10 billion people. So... um getting to know each other finally using the following procedure to generate bonds between your gutters for each set of questions two players whose characters fit the criteria answer one of the appropriate questions both players must agree i love this this is more like party building this is yeah. this is this is like a corporate retreat this is trust fall time this is what you're building here <laughs> You know what game does this really well as well that we've never talked about in here? I have mentioned it several times. The Cypher system does something very similar. When you're building your character, it's like you and this other character have this relationship as long as you agree on it. We should go over that sometime. We should. Yeah. I mean, I think we got our next like six games planned out, but at some point. Whatever. It's whatever. It'll be one day. We're going to do more than six episodes in the future. So. Yeah. I mean, I think this is 85, bro. We only have 15 to 100. We got to start figuring shit out. Um, So. Uh, choose two characters who are cut from the same cloth. And then there's like three prompts for like asking and, and two players um, uh, choosing that one as their prompt together. Choose two characters couldn't be more different. Choose two characters who go way back together. Choose two characters who offer each other a grudging respect. Um, and choose two characters who share a peculiar kind of bond. I love, I love that. I love that building there. Um, and then there is a very interesting piece of art here with what looks like Ron Perlman looking at a, a floating skull with an eye using his spinal cord to like pick it. up what pieces. The fuck? That's definitely Ron Perlman. You can't tell me it's not. It really um, is. And then this is your piece of background art here. Yeah, um, it is. Extremely dangerous approach with caution. This is a um, an example character. So um, this is Bolin. Nicknames, uh, appellations, and cognom, cognom, cog, cognomens, cognomens. Uh, Bolin the Bruiser. The notable features are bulging muscles and cigar smoke. The XP prompts are bloodshed, overindulgence, and going too far. The personality traits are reckless, ferocious, and not confident because there's a, a minus by it. The Ooh. modifiers are plus two to overwhelm, plus one to exploit, plus one to dominate, minus one to resolve, zero to calculate, zero to appeal. And the known, known associates are Exilin, the bounty hunter, which is a contact, and Scorgid, the gang capo, who is the rival. That's a whole character right there. Pretty easy peasy. Very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a whole great page here. I love also that, again, this is uh, white on black. It's a, an important thing to read. Like, I, they, the, uh, layout. Mm, mm. So layout character creation example. At least example, a five, you know? Yeah, this is a slayout. That's what this is. Um, yeah. So uh, there's a whole um, full page talking through Sarah, the player, creating Bowl and the Bruiser. It's great. Read it. Um, I, I really enjoy it. It gives you all the different bits and pieces of it. So then there are classes. So you're going to make a class. 
We got the um, we got the aberration, uh, mutant, which are different boy. but still human within. Yeah, they're basically fucking mutants, right? Um, I mean, they they are mutants. <laughs> they can be fucking mutants too. Sure. There is the there is the broker, which is a deal maker and a handshaker. Um, there is the bruiser, which we just talked about with Brolin. Um, they are the deadly close quarters combatant. Um, there is the marksman, which is the skilled shooter and guerrilla warrior. Very cool. There's the mastermind. Mm, mm. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Reminds me boy. of uh, the father from Fallout. I don't. I didn't play enough Fallout. Get the fuck out of here, bro. I built. Uh, I built. Uh, I got to the first gas station in Fallout 4. I built it up. Put no, I'm talking about Fallout sky. 2, buddy. I'm talking oh, before. I, I'm giving you my whole Fallout experience. I got to the first gas station of Fallout 4, built out the entire thing, put a, a sky toilet on top, and never played it again. Um, oh, all right. DV, it's just not my vibe. Post-apocalyptic, like, it's just not my thing. Um, so uh, the mastermind is a devious thinker and the master of lies. Um, and then the psionicist... Um, is the awakened mind the wheeler of the mind's might? Um, and then da, 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 da. there is the specter, which is the unseen hand, the knife in the dark. That was definitely the one that I was into for fill, filling out my whole like saboteur, you know. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll go through that in just a second. And then there is the Technomancer. I think this is... Every time I kept scrolling, I was like, there's another one? There's another one? I know. So, uh, me too. I honestly, dude, I actually passed by the Technomancer my first way through. And then earlier, I was like, oh, there's another one. So... Yeah. Another one. Um, another one. The Technomancer is the technological expert, which is more machine than human. Um, And then... Uh, da, 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 da. I think that's oh, the that's last it. one. That's the last one. So we're going to go through real quick, just so you know, we're going to go through the uh, the specter, um, which is the perfect infiltrator. The art is great. Um, it is a uh, character in kind of fancy ish clothes, yeah, fancy ish um, clothes. Yeah. Yeah. But they have they have like hidden secret inside the uh, inside the old fisticuffs guns that like pop yeah. out like, you know, exactly uh -huh. like you think. Um, and they also have this like digital face. I assume the face would cover their face so it doesn't look like their face. But yeah, it's like a digital mask they're pulling off, you know? Yeah. So this is the unseen hand, the knife in the dark. You walk hidden paths and weave webs of carefully placed lies, evidence, and secrets. You've never found a door that can keep you out forever. What keeps you from settling for a more mundane profession? What risks will you always take? What risks will you never take? What was the most valuable thing you ever stole? So my, this is set up exactly like a gang, which is great yes. because you just already know how to do this because you've already made a gang. So what were the three uh, XP prompts you're going to pick for your specter? Uh, subtlety, stealth, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. disabling security. Nice. Um, and then when you use one of these in a risky situation, you gain one XP. You can only gain one XP for each prompt per cycle, much like gangs. Um, when assigning your modifiers to approaches, consider the that exploit usually helps with acrobatics and stealth. But when it's time to get involved, will you want appeal to spread convincing lies or calculate to disable security measures? You begin with one specter advancement. And going on an operation, you can choose an additional piece of gutter gear to take for a total of five. Gutter gear. And then you get your example specter names. What's your example specter name? Who, who's your specter? 
Who's your who's your um, gun inspector? I think I'm gonna keep the fell handed from earlier. So nice. Yeah. Right. Um, you get to choose two aspects. What are those? Uh, so I think we're going with aesthetic cybernetics. Um, okay. And leather gear. Oh. Oh. All right. Um, you get to choose um personality. There's six options here. Choose two that you are and one that you're not. Um, so I'm definitely oh man careful and enigmatic and then i'm not manipulative well no i'm not dashing i'm not dashing so okay uh your specialisms you get to choose two specialisms i mean it's easy it's cyber slicing and security measures yeah i mean that's perfect for your character there's also toxicology and poisoning uh slide of hand identity theft climbing and scaling cool cool mix there but it's a cool character that could go in a lot of different ways of being like a maybe stealthier or like you know this could be a more i a lot of times with characters like this and you like when we played cyborg like i built a very non-confrontational character you know like oh yeah if i if i can hack and don't have to fight i'm not gonna fight why would i fight yeah um, but the same character in class and everything, you could go hard for like an assassin. Absolutely. So totally. Yeah. This could absolutely be an assassin build. You yeah. could be Solid Snake if you wanted. Dude. Um, so, uh, what about Venom Snake, huh? You know what? Uh, my whole, my snake knowledge stops at Solid. Oh, wow. Um, Spectre Gear. You always have an easily hidden knife on you, um, but choose uh, uh, choose an extra piece of gear. Um, ooh, I'm between a cybernetic interface or the specific disguise. Yeah, those are good ones to choose between. Yeah, I, I have one of those. So, um, you already have an alternate identity as part I of do. your gang. So- you're right. Um, so cybernetic interface, you know. There you go. Um, and then we got the example contacts and rivals. Who's your contact? Who's your rival? Oh, this one I actually did not look over. Um, so let's say my I'm, I mean my contact. I'm always for uh, you know, my contacts. The, the brew. How about the brutal enforcer? You know, that's your contact. Nice. It's my contact. You know, just in case I mm-hmm. need a little muscle or someone to make some noise. You know, there you Be go. A distraction. There you go. I have an enforcer. Uh, and I have to say that my rival is uh, the bird's foot, the alleged master thief, because, uh, you know, me, you know? Yeah, uh, he's in your wheelhouse. You got to get him out. Yeah. Uh, those are great rivals. Um, and then you got Spectre Advancements. Instead of taking one of the below advancements, you may instead increase one of your approach modifiers by one or gain a new specialism, which I really enjoy that kind of aspect there is you don't have to choose one of these it gives you options to play um a little bit differently um just by going a plus one or 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 specialism in general would be nice to kind of spread you out a little bit so um t- which one advancement do you have there is are you sure about that um Dude, which is i like it go sorry keep on i oh, know you have plus one a die test to forego or fabricate evidence there's <coughs> flat footage when you deal damage to someone or other sentient being that doesn't realize you are there 
Uh, you can take one desperation to increase the damage. Um, there's forked tongue. You may take one desperation when telling an outrageous lie to a single person, or two when telling it to a group. There's machine subversion. When you overpower machine's defenses, you can also force it to break itself. Choose one. There's make your own luck. When you fail a test, you may declare a piece of gear and describe how you previously set it up. There's no witnesses. When you deal damage to someone or something that has seen your face, you can take one desperation to increase the damage dealt. There's guarded thoughts. You always know if someone's accessing your mind um, psionically, and you have plus one die on test resist. And there are steps like shadows. You may take one desperation to attempt tests normally impossible to other gutters involving moving unseen. So which, which one are you going with? God, there's so many good ones. Like, this is a brutal one because there's so many good ones. I think... Ooh, I'm really caught between... Are you sure about that? And uh, machine subversion. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm mm -hmm. really caught between those two. I mean, but this is like, once again, this is one that's like, they're all good. Like, I would take all yeah. of them eventually, you know? Like, they're all good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, based on your character, my assumption when I was reading these is machine subversion. That kind of fits yeah. what you were going for a little bit. It does fit what I'm going for, you know? Yeah. Um, so that is Gangs and Gutters. Um, next, we're going to get into the basic rules. And then really, there's, I mean, after that is a lot of tables and stuff. So like, the whole second half of the book is just a lot of, a lot of things. Um, so um, this is the approaches. This is the six approaches. Um, they each apply a modifier between minus one to plus three. So yes. So um, I love this page for a couple of reasons. One, it gives you a breakdown of each individual one. So overwhelm, you apply brute force, exploit, you, you apply considered skill, um, resolve, you apply your will to a problem, um, calculate, you apply your intellect to a problem, dominate, you force a person to heed your whims, and appeal, you sway a person to your side. And then there's like three points under each one for how you might use it um and then uh, underneath what's really interesting is um they said to help you understand which approach you use these are paired off so overwhelm and exploit are the physical pair overwhelm being a direct application of physicality and exploit being a careful and delicate approach um then there is uh, resolve and calculate which are the brute force which are the mental pair so resolve is brute force application and calculate is um precise application and then there's dominate and appeal which are the social pair dominate is when you force appeal is when you coerce so i like that there are two for um physical two for mental and two for social it's neat yeah. and how it's paired off it's it's a it's a great way to and especially since they are approaches not stats so you can really dive into one versus the other especially when you're doing character creation i almost not i almost i actually wish this was in character creation i do too um i i also wish that here it had the um the the uh standard or the array spread um just so i could look at and be like oh yeah what was the array that i was gonna like because it's like you know plus yeah. two plus one plus one zero 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 minus one i think yeah but if they, if, yeah. they, if they put the array in the in the top right here and this page was in the um character creation um 
this I think would be perfect. I think, I mean, again, you, you read through the book and then you come back to it. Um, but I think this page would be better served specifically at the start of the character creation. Instead of just like a quick breakdown of what the approaches are, this in-depth focus while you're building your character, I think would be more helpful there. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, now going over but, after going to the character, I'm like, okay, I know that I would be like a um, exploit, calculate, appeal heavy character, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 you know, what, 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 what's your array? What's your array? Um, so it's plus two, plus one, plus one, zero, zero, minus one. So it is. Plus two, plus one, plus one, zero, zero, minus one. Yep. Cool. Um, I have a big, I have a huge, massive brain. Um, so I'm definitely doing a plus two to calculate, you know, like apply your intellect to a problem solving efficiently, hacking a, a terminal, creating complex and solving difficult equation. Definitely my guy's a, a brain guy. Um, which like is I'm a dumbass. Um, and then, hmm, I think I do my plus one to appeal, right? So I can talk my way in and out of situations. I'd put my other plus one, I think in resolve, uh, actually. Um, and then a zero in exploit, a zero in dominate, and a minus one in overwhelm. Like, my character is not a brute force character at all. Like, a dominate, yeah, I can try to be intimidating, right? I'm probably just okay at it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good spread. I think it really, really... Um, what a great uh, stat alternative, really. You know, yeah, like... I, I think it's fantastic because don't forget, also, you could, you could actually throw, like, another minus one on there if you wanted to make one of the other ones another plus one. You do get that yeah. um, that one tweak. So it is, it is really nice. I do enjoy... But I also like... I mean, another cool thing about 2D6 is that it's small numbers that have big impacts right so like absolutely yeah i'm listen a minus one goes a long way yeah you know but like, like a like a like a plus two on a d20 system not not really that great yeah who cares um, really a, a plus two on a 2d6 system fucking huge huge fucking um, massive so fucking big. so so <laughs> <laughs> just um awe-inspiring so uh this oh actually this is a paid this is a piece of art we've actually seen before so they reused the skin on the on the on the that's a good one to reuse face. actually i'm i'm like I'm, yeah, yeah don't mind that one at all yeah i like i like uh Wait, i have you seen doctor who yeah 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 okay. moisturize yeah, me yeah. um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the last like, human um, i was it so it real like tangent real quick in our interview earlier i was in the chat talking to ozo and talking about like the next um oh yeah time traveling sad cowboys and i commented i was like oh well that's just a doctor who game um yep, there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man uh so uh the test so this is again this is um i'll call a post pbta game it yeah, uses P the pbta PPBTA, yeah. I still need to find that article on Twitter. Uh, I did not come up with that. Someone else did. I wish I could find it so I could talk about it. Um, but uh, it's 2d6 plus modifiers. Uh, 10 plus is full success. 7 to 9 is partial success. 6 or less is failure. We already talked about it. You know what that means. Um, uh, so, and then there's examples here. Um, so, uh, full success, partial. Full success, you get what you want. Partial success, you kind of get what you want. But there's a consequence or just like a, a partial 
uh, partially achieving your goal, and then a miss is a miss, and you get a bad outcome, and that sucks for you. Um, sometimes you're going to roll additional dice. So some abilities let you roll plus one die, which I really like. So you get plus one or minus one circumstantial bonuses, but you can sometimes roll an additional die. So you'll roll 3d6 and then just take the two highest or two lowest. Um, so you get both kind of um, options as modifiers there. Um, and no matter how many instances of plus one you have, you only ever get to roll three. No, three die. That's it. Um, there's a circumstantial bonus we talked about before. So basically you can grant a plus one bonus um, or a minus one penalty um, for situations where you are in, um, you know, a favorable situation or an unfavorable situation to you. Um, uh, to your character. Uh, and then there are desperation rolls. This is an interesting one. So gutters have access to desperation, which can be used to push beyond their normal limits. Um, once a player rolls a test, they can take one point of desperation to re-roll one die from that test before determining its outcome. The player can take multiple points of desperation to re-roll multiple dice, but each die can only be re-rolled once, and when re-rolled, that result stands even if lower than the originally rolled. Depending on your group, you might allow dice to be rolled one at a time to allow for more fine control or decide that they all have to be re-rolled at the same time. So it kind of it reminds me kind of of the um, of trophy again a little bit, how there's the that extra die you can keep tossing in to like keep re-rolling stuff. Um, but um, uh, it, it's I like that it's called desperation too because it's a very clear... Uh, very clearly labeled in a way that makes you know exactly what you're doing when you use it. Um, it is desperation. Desperate. Um, yeah. So health and damage. We talked about this before. There are scratches, wounds, and critical wounds, and you have three damage boxes. And there's a big graphic here that I really, really love um, that has uh, scratch is a, like I said, it is the spare the spare slash in bowling. Right. Um, it is from the top right to the bottom left. That is a minor wound. There is a wound, which is an X, so it's two slashes. And then there strike. is a critical wound. Yeah, it is a strike. Um, and then the critical wound is uh, is um, a strike and two spares. And then you're out if you roll a turkey. Um, so um, scratches are minor bump stings, you know, little little you, little, little things. <laughs> Uh, wounds uh, represent debilitating damage. If the damage box is wounded, you cross it out. Um, and when they're all uh, crossed out, you're out of action. And critical wounds represent catastrophic injuries. If critically wounded, wound one damage box and scratch all other damage boxes, potentially causing existing scratches to become further wounds. Um, normally, most injuries are wounds, but some weaker enemies deal scratches. Um, and then uh, should the level of damage increase beyond a critical wound, a gutter is knocked out immediately. Um, and unless specified scratches and wounds are only removed during the fallout phase, page 159, and it's hyperlinked. Um, Love it. There's a whole section here for out of action. Um, and it's interesting because what took you out of action um, can make a difference in if you're dead or not. So totally. when you've been not, yeah, when you've been knocked out of action, you drift between life and death. Um, they are completely vulnerable. They can be kidnapped or murdered really quickly. So um, if what knocked you out was a scratch, you take one desperation and describe what inspires you to cling to the mortal coil. I love the little bit of narrative bit. Toss that in there. It's not just rolling dice. Explain to me why. Um, wound, you gain a trauma 
which we'll go to. Um, how has this ordeal pushed you to survive? What vicious scar will you bear? And then there's critical wound. The gutter dies instantly and unceremoniously. So if you're at the wound that knocked you out, was a critical wound? You just dead. I like that. It's simple. It's easy, quick way to come back. And because the, the wounds are more abstracted and it's not a specific number, you can just like decide how you're gonna come back and keep going. Um, so um, I guess my question here, and I think maybe it's it's answered later, um, taking damage being left out of action results in death, out of action can be patched up by characters with specialized medical equipment. Um, when patched up, the gutter is no longer out of action, but retains all their scratches and wounds. They may only move slowly, and they must take one desperation to take an action that requires a test. If the gutter survives to the end of the operation, they can treat their wounds as normal. So here's the thing. Once you're knocked out of action, you're still fucked. Like, you don't... Like, all your scratches and wounds are still there. You can right. still take damage. We can knock you out again. You move slowly. Every action you try to do requires you to take a desperation. Yeah. I mean, you survived? Quote, unquote, you know? You just survived. Like, I mean, you're alive, so, yeah. You, you, you better hope this is towards the end, not the beginning. Um, so, um, desperation and trauma. So, desperation, uh, the Undercity is never easy. Gutters are thrown up against impossible odds. You can take desperation to re-roll a dice. We explained that before. Your characters begin with zero. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then there are traumas. As they gain desperation, gutters develop traumas that alter their personalities. Desperation cannot increase beyond eight. Should you end a cycle with eight desperation, you remove all desperation, you burn a contact, um, and it has narratives for that, add a result to the danger table representing the backlash of burning a contact um, or creating a rival, and then you take a trauma, choose an appropriate result for one. So um, there's this uh, burning contacts in black. Narratively, burning a contact doesn't necessarily mean they are gone or dead, only that they won't deal with you anymore. Your former relationship means nothing now. When you burn a contact, describe what happened to sever your connection, what is the conscious decision, etc., etc. Um, don't forget that at the end of the session, gutters can get XP if their traumas influence them to do something foolish. Like, there's literally narrative to, like, do dumb shit. Yeah. Right? You can get XP. Um, gutters cannot have more than four traumas. If they would gain a fifth, they perform their final action or finish the operation and retire utterly broken. So if you survive long enough, you will eventually get four traumas and you will retire as a broken gutter. Um, there's a list of traumas here. I like that the traumas are not uh, super specific to real life stuff. It's not like OCD, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's nice to, I mean, so obviously in the beginning of the game, it says there are trigger warnings for certain things. But again, it's it's nice that they're not using like, mental like illness earth, as like earth a... human. Yeah, earth human, like mental illness diagnoses, you know, um, apathy. You just can't care about it. And the other cool thing about this is there's three questions under each one, like how the trauma affects you, right? So apathy, you just can't care about it. Why do you think it is pointless? What was the breaking point for you? And how do you react to others who still care? Um, there's also dependence, which means you need it. There's hatred, which means you despise it. There's obsession, which means you must have it. There's stricture, which means you are above it. And there's weariness, which means you are tired of it. I, I think those are great. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, and after then so many to... losses, you know, you're, so many things happen. Yeah, you might just become apathetic. You know, whatever. Yeah. Like, what's even the point? And, you know. Yeah. And again, they're 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 broad but specific, I guess. You know what I mean? Like you you can because of the way that they ask internet questions, you can make it more specific to you. But it's broad enough that again, it doesn't feel like again we're attacking mental illness or anything, which is well written, I think. Okay. What um, what, um what game I worked? I'm doing this again. I'm sorry. We've done this so many times. I was like, what game did we review? Is like a few months ago, and your character started to become more weird as stuff happened. Like you had a door open up in your mind. You're like, what game was that? I was thinking the other day about that. I was how good that was, but I can't remember what it was. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Do you remember? I, I remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember specifically. Um, if you go to our YouTube, the Adventure Archive, you can scroll through the list of games and see if it pops out at you. But oh, I know you what you're also, talking about. if you were to go to our Instagram, the.weekly.scroll, you can actually see all of the episode numbers and the ratings we give for all the games or our, um, at least our feedback to them. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, plug. Yeah. Ooh, go check uh, our stuff out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so specialisms provide three benefits. Um, the narrator may divulge additional information without a situation to a gutter with a relevant specialism. Without a relevant specialism, there is only so much a gutter can learn. Um, when rolling a test pertaining to one of the gutter specialisms, a player may take plus one die on the test. At narrator's discretion, they may even automatically succeed. So that's the second one you can get. So specialisms really give you basically advantage in the context of what, you know, D6 systems are. And then the final one is players may use their gutter specialisms to make tests beyond the abilities of other gutters. So basically, if something is impossible, but you have a specialism, you can try. Right. Um, and it says, be aware that not all specialisms are created equally. Some are broadly applicable, but others are more niche, which I love. Don't try to make it all even. Just make it cool and applicable and let the characters pick which ones they think are applicable. Um... There is a whole page here on making your own specialisms, which I love because there is a whole big box that says you can make your own. And I love that there is specific kind of context for how to make it without breaking the game. Really important to it's, know this how. Is a good, it's a good game. You know, it's, it's well, well it's thorough. It's thorough. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So making your own specialisms, um, keep make it specific, make it characterful, make it fun, um, and make a note. Um, while using a specialism is always subjective, it's best to have a baseline idea of how it works. Um, to, 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 so getting into combat, um, basically combat can often be just uh, regular tests. Like it doesn't have to devolve into turns and stuff like that if it's just a minor thing you're just taking down one guard you don't need to roll initiative you don't need to go into a whole fucking thing basically if it does okay. turn into um uh, actual combat though i like the way they do this um so basically within the bounds of reason a gutter can attack as many targets as they wish with a single test but bear in mind that target enemies have a chance to react against gutters on misses and partial hits so here's the thing is if you try to hit four dudes four dudes get to like react so there is a little bit more of an emphasis in this on the um uh turns for good guys and bad guys with the consequences of your actions often being a response by the person or thing that you tried to hit 
right. as opposed to some PBTA and post PBTA games, which have an emphasis more on like a GM action. So like instead of the response most likely being a reaction from what you hit, it could be literally anything. Um, this one does have a little bit more of an emphasis on I try to punch bad guy, bad guy tries to punch me back, yes. which is I, think, I like, like that. So it's totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, that's how the game. It's good. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so um, there is an instance for um, plus one modifier, plus one minus one for the circumstantial bonus. Um, they should be generously applied based on um, the gutter's location. Basically, if if you. It's not advantage because realistically advantage on a 2d6 system. I actually did the math on this basically grants you a plus two. So basically use your plus ones and minus ones a bunch to really encourage people to be in good strategic locations or if they're in a, a bad position instead of throwing around advantage running 3d6 a bunch just be like oh you have the high ground you have a plus one oh you fell down you have a minus one like use those a ton and i like that they don't use a concept of like um i don't remember what it's called in part by the apocalypse like uh, pay it forward or whatever i hate that shit um they just basically say use it if they if they have it right um a hold or something like that I, oh, I, like I forgot about the holes. I, I don't get them at all. Like, really, like, it's a. It's yeah. the same thing. You just it, there's no reason to not say you just have a plus one in your next thing. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just the verbiage. I don't like. So, um, there's also attack tests. So the result of the attack test determines its outcome, similar to how other tests works. On a miss, the attack falters. The targeted enemy takes no damage, and each reacts. So specifically, enemy reacts to targeted damage. Once the reactions are resolved, another gutter takes a turn. Partial success, the battle rages on. The targeted enemy takes damage, reduced by one level, i.e. from a wound to a scratch, and then react. Once the reactions are resolved, another gutter takes a turn. Most damage in the game just deals one wound like that's just how it works right. yeah so it's very abstracted but partial success only deals a scratch so basically if you look at the con my brain automatically goes to six and a scratch is one and a wound is two like that's just how my brain makes sense of how it works so on a on a full success you do two damage or a full wound and on a partial success you do one damage or a scratch um the gutter has taken full success. The gutter takes the upper hand. The targeted enemy takes a full amount of damage and another uh, gutter takes a turn. So they don't get to react. Um, there is surprise, which is a thing generally when combat surprise. breaks out. Yeah, you get their yeah. surprise. Basically, if it's real bad, you can let a round of consequences happen to your players first. Um, enemy reactions. A whole big page on how to run your enemy's reactions, yeah. which I like because... Here's the thing, and I think one of the things that makes PBTA um, difficult for new players, and it's what made it difficult for me in my head when I first started, is it's hard to know what to do because you can do fucking anything. Like, and it's also hard to remember to be proactive in the things that you do. There's a lot of like, oh, it's consequences of the player's action, so I have to wait for the player to do something. You don't. Because, especially in this, and we'll get to it in a second, if you hit me... Right? right and my reaction is to hit somebody else that somebody else doesn't automatically take damage they get to roll to resist also okay. so yeah. even if it's not the player's turn right like if you hit me and i hit you you do the damage i deal but if you hit me and i hit you know another player they get to resist it 
right? So they, you don't automatically suffer the consequences of a number of players' actions to an enemy's reaction without the ability to resist it. But if you suffer the um, consequences of a reaction when you initiated the action, you do. Right. So right. enemy reactions usually occur when the gutter misses. Uh, when enemies reacts, they take an action such as inflicting damage on a gutter, depending on their weapon. Um, narrators can adjust up or down at their discretion, um, or they can try to inflict some other consequence on a gutter, such as trying to pin them in a grapple, shoving them, stuff like that. In high stakes situations, it's good to telegraph particularly important yeah, um, uh, stuff so that players have the ability to resist reactions. So, um, Talking about approaches, most close quarters attacks use overwhelm, range usually use exploit, but you can use calculate if you're being more calculating and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, um, I can see you just say it's narrative, you know, so however you explain it. Yeah. Ish. Um, fighting without weapons, should you be lucky enough to be fighting without, uh, unlucky enough to be fighting without a weapon, the maximum you can deal is a scratch. Um, this is what I was talking about. Resistance test. When a gutter tries to mitigate, avoid, or prevent the effects of an enemy's reaction, they make a resistance test. This text test functions like a normal test. You pick an approach, same shit happens. So on a miss, you fail and you take full damage. On a partial success, you reduce the damage by one level um, or partially avoid the effects. And a full success, you reduce the damage suffered by two levels or completely mitigate the effect of the enemy's action. Um, enemies have flaws and potencies, which are basically vulnerabilities and, and you know, um, uh, they hit you more. Strengths and weaknesses. Um, and ending a combat, basically, don't let it drag for fucking ever. If you know everyone's going to win, just in, just end it all. And if you know everyone's going to die, just end it all. Um, and there's a whole example of combat here. Um, you get into the loadout and the armor. Basically, um, when you start an operation, you get to pick four pieces of equipment, five for some people. Um, during the operation, a gutter can call in an extra piece of gutter gear by taking one desperation or adding one to the gang debt. There's gang gear. Um... Uh, so, uh, unlike gutter gear, gang gear is not chosen at the start. Um, instead at any point during the operation, a group can call in one of the gang's, uh, gear options. Um, nice. you can expand your gear list. So body armor, no amount of armor makes us wear completely invincible against the dizzying varieties. When rolling a test to resist damage, you can spend a use of your armor to treat the result of the test as a partial success. Even after you've rolled Armor has three uses during an operation, and extra armor provides five. Armor recovers all of its uses at the end of an operation. So it's not damage soak, it's armor points, and all the armor point does is reduce a um, uh, the result of a test uh, to the damage that you would get from partial success on a resistance check. So, um, specialist armor, there is a way that you can hit impact resistance, stab proof, you can add modifiers to those kind of things. Um weapons as we said weapons basically all do one wound but they can change based on range and have um, um pluses and minuses and things like that so um for example a shotgun hits much harder in close quarters right and so it has potency right yeah so potency um is when you get to uh, add modifiers to it um conversely right. it's flaw is that's bad at long range right so you get yeah. like a negative modifier Exactly. So when you look down at the thing, there's small pistols, shotguns, heavy weapons, all the kind of things. It gives you potency, which is when it's better, flaws, when it's bad, and the capabilities that it has, like a stun gun can never kill anyone. 
Um, there are far pharma serums, which are basically you can juice up yeah. um, for your drugs. character. Yeah. When you take a pharma serum, you gain its benefits and drawbacks, but you can take one desperation to ignore one of its drawbacks. Only one drawback can be resisted. So there's Adrenal Rage, which is literally like rage um you take plus one die on overwhelm tests it lasts the duration of a fight or a few minutes and the drawbacks are all creatures appear hostile to you and you can't stop fighting until all visible hostiles are dead um you also have battle buzz which reduces pain you have gab gift um which makes you better at extorting things there's hunter's eye you're in every book man um which gives Everywhere. you sharper attention to detail interface nanite there's null um, there's a whole section here on vehicles, which is light, medium, heavy. Um, what some of this stuff we're getting into is really like just building stuff. So we're going to cruise that. Um, yeah. I mean, there's like the thing is like we've gone through the basic like how the rules and everything work. And now it just like gets to very specific instances, other features yeah. tacked onto the game. They'll all like add on to this experience. Yeah. You know, vehicles, augmentations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only other thing to really touch on then is the um, XP and how that is spent. And that's about it. So there's gene mod cybernetic augmentations, like he just said. Um, there's a whole section on psionic disciplines and how they work within like the Psy Squad and everything else. Um, and the Psy, Psy squad. squad watches. Psy yeah. Squad. Uh, you can gain psionic noise, though. So noise is a level of like... Um, basically it's your fucking uh gta stars right? right that you get the city and then so there's psionic noise as well you get more but you get more powerful people are more aware of you you know yeah it's interesting that all of these psionic bits are down here instead of up in the psionic section um but there is a whole part here about uh like blink coil read grasp these are the psionic disciplines you can have um there's all there's rules for gangs here. Again, this is further going into there's a whole section here that just goes deeper into what we've already gone over, which is context, rivals, assets, claims. There's an acquisition web, which basically talks about everything that you have. Um, it goes through who's had it before and who might be pissed that you have it. Um, there's gaining new assets. There's talking about claims again. This is rolling the different styles of claims, claims lists, those kind of things. Um, gang XP. Um, there's the gang debt, the gang hardships, burning your assets. There's lists of hardships. So again, this just goes in depth into the things we've already touched on. Um, building your hideout, hideout features. Um, what else we got here? Squads, which are basically your little hirings. They get background actions or squad tests. Squads begin with one edge and one flaw. Um, Da, 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 da. Squad archetypes, activists, misfits, hawkers, sneaks, and soldiers. Um, it goes deeper into the escalation or the cycle of play here, um, which I is do like how this is laid out visually. This next page that has the cycles laid out and all like the little parts of the cycle, you know, the escalation phase, you have the event table, gang moves like it, it just it tells you where everything fits in. And I like like little visual tools like that. Yeah, the, these fantastic page again aiding to the layout escalation phase is where you start and what he's talking about is there's a circle and inside says escalation phase and then around it it says the montage the event table and the gang moves easy peasy and yeah. then dotted line to the operations phase which takes care of planning the operation action scenes intel objectives gears and starting the up and then dot 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 down to the fallout phase which is fallout claims and incomes experience um 
gutter, gangs, noise, um, hazards, and you roll on the event table. That's great. You know what? I honestly think that would be great inside the actual um that would uh, be really screen. great inside that yeah, yeah it would be a lot of the visuals would get in here because this is really narrative principles examples of jobs and leads and some flavoring but i think that would actually be a little bit more helpful um oh actually let's go to surprise we'll go twice as fast so this is literally a breakdown of every single phase and it actually gives you examples of like and d6 tables for locations um for um of where the montage is there is whole breakdowns on what you can do for uh gang moves um there is a whole again multiple pages for the second phase which is actually the operation and there is a whole nother again this would be really nice to have there is a what is this called a flow yeah. chart yeah, um, that talks about um, the operation phase. So the narrator presents an immediate situation or a dilemma down to the player's reply by describing their goals for the situation and how they want to achieve them down to the narrator sides if the risk or danger is inherent in their actions. Um, it could be if there isn't risk, they accomplish the goals. If there is risk, the narrator tells them that they need to achieve their goals, potentially requiring a test. We do love a good flow chart, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, all the tests are resolved and then you continue going on. Um, then there's, a, again, a really deep in-depth section on the third phase, which is the fallout, noise ratings, your loot, um, the danger table, which is what we talked about before. Um, so when you actually uh, get to experience in the danger table, which I think is kind of like the last oops, real big um, important part to go over in this. So let me go back to the page display. Um Experience is gained at the end of the fallout phase after the operation. Consider what gutters and the gang as a whole have learned. So gutters gain one XP if they survive the operation, if they do something counterproductive because of trauma, if they literally you get XP if you do something counterproductive because of your trauma. So good. It literally says get fucked up and fuck stuff up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. Uh, gutters use their class prompts. Uh, you get one XP for that. Um, uh, as a result of certain advancements, you might gain XP. And the gang gains XP for advancing agendas, earning a new enemy or gaining an ally, and using the archetype prompts. Um, the gang and any gutter may spend 8 XP to take an advancement from their class or archetype. Alternatively, instead of taking advancement, gutters may add plus 1 to one of their approaches to a max of 3 or take an additional specialism. Um, instead of spending 8 XP on advancements, gangs can spend 4 XP to give a squad an extra edge or an additional resistance box. So I love that there's gang stuff and gutter stuff. It takes 8 XP to get um, uh, a new advancement, or you can pick, again, stats and, and approaches. So really, you're shooting for 8 XP at the end of the thing. I'm trying to get those advancements, though. They're pretty good. Like, they're, they're so good. I think they, like, they're worth more than the stat gain, you know? Oh, I think I think for sure more than the approaches, but I think the yeah. specialisms are also important too because you get basically advantage on that's very true. Those. Yeah, um, there are. This is the danger table. So this is a really interesting thing. This really like keeps the engine of the game moving forward. So it's really right. important. The danger table represents the building consequences of the gutter's actions. As play progresses, the rules dictate how new results are added to the table. 
such as from an operations noise by taking claims and assets from other factions or taking jobs, etc. When directed to roll on the danger table, roll 1d6. If the entry matching the number rolled is filled in, it must be resolved as specified by its type, which is lead, job, or hazard. If the entry corresponding to the roll number has no result in it, the gang escapes without trouble this time. Once any results are resolved, move up all subsequent results on the page to fill in the gap. All right. And then new stuff can be added. So basically, the danger table is constantly rotating. Yeah. And the type of dangers that you get are different. It's leads, jobs, or hazards. So there's an example list of a danger table here, which I love. You can print this off easy. Um, remember to roll only 1d6 on this table. There are 1d6 of these results will come up sooner. And then there's 7 through 12 of these results may come up later. So basically, if you have four dangers listed here right and you roll a three you have to accomplish three and once you do you move four up to three but if you roll a five you only have four or less you then somehow got away you get out of there yeah such a good fucking mechanic yeah. i do really such like a good mechanic. mechanic yeah because you constantly bring back the the things that you have to deal with and it really forces you to not just put stuff on the back burner. Like it literally says, no, this shit is now at the forefront. Handle this shit now. It's so, so easy. Like, if you have this printed out at your table and you guys are playing and they do something and you're like, oh, that's coming back to bite you guys later on. You can just yeah. jot it down real quick there. And you're just like, yeah. okay, well, see, yeah. you guys, see you guys later, I guess. <laughs> so good. There's a whole section here on manage your danger table that specifically says make it digital, which give me a digital danger table then. Yeah, give me a fillable day. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it phys physical. Um, yeah, physical. But yeah, it's really easy to. But basically, what they're saying is because it moves up and down, and you and you like are accomplishing them so often, you'd yeah. be racing like fucking crazy if you just kept it physical. I have a you know um, I have a I have a paper like tablet, so uh, I can, I'll use that. But I think the danger table is one of those things that like you could do this in any game like yeah oh god it's so good. You, just, you should just take this and use it like your your character fucking fucking shit up all the time in every game so you know you know what this would be great for using like a like a point crawl um or even even like a small hex crawl kind of game too where like if you're especially in a point crawl where you might be moving around a space numerous times where it comes up again and you're like fuck we have to go back to that place we yeah. were at before and go handle that shit huh interesting or like in my massive hex crawl, maybe doing area specific ones, like in this yeah. area, there's a danger table for the stuff they've come across. But when they get to like the fucking forest area up north, like it might be its own danger table. A whole different danger table. Yeah. Danger tables on danger tables. It's such danger a good mechanic. I really, really enjoy tables. that. Yeah. Um, there's a whole separation. There's a whole thing on narrative principles, narrator principles. Basically, GM principles like these are all great and they're in most things. Very Let cool. the players be cool, be fair, make good villains, rulings over rules, those kind of things. Then there is specific guidance for things like ambiguous prompts, calling for tests, um, things like that. Um, a whole section on managing factions. And now we're getting into just lists on lists on lists. Example jobs. Um, I'm going to scroll quick through here because I, I think that was the last thing that we really needed to go over. There's sector flavoring. Um, creating new assets. Um, and then we get to, yeah, the Titan City Guide. Yeah. So this is starting your it's campaign. Massive. Yeah, um, dude, it's massive. Yeah, it's literally the rest great. of the book. It's really good. Yeah. Um, like, so I have like, generation rules for making your own. Like, I, I I love that. The hex generation. Like, I'm like, oh, yes, I fuck with this. So. Oh, dude, it's so good. Like, Listen, I you know to I'll scroll. crawl through some hexes any day. You know? 
Well, what's great about it too, so this is starting a campaign, um, starting dynamics, literally walks you through everything. The sector generator, that's what you're just talking about, right? Yeah. Dude, it's so good. So there's like um, major minor sectors, you choosing the, the shape and everything, determining the details. So the generator is great, but I love, so the page here that literally has like, one, like what, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. So 12 variations of yeah. minor sectors broken into like, there's hex, which is a claim hex. There's a potential sector link in, which is a triangle, a uh, filled in triangle. And then there's a potential site for an <coughs> HQ, which is a circle. And it literally gives you 12 variations of two to four hexes with various links and, 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 um, uh, 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 sector options there and then there's a whole section for major sections that have like six to seven hexes so you can literally just roll 1d12 1d12 slap a bunch of these together and it's generated for you yeah. in such a fun interesting way i i don't know if i've seen one like this where you can basically make car i would love gangs of titan city sector generator carts yeah that'd be like dope Sprawlscape, you know yeah um so again this is all sector generating um, I'm going to actually just go to the bookmarks and see what else we need to go here. So there's, um, the, all the breakdown of the spirewise, uh, spirewise sections, fringeway sections, rooting sections, um, claims by ward table, sector links, factions, faction aspects, the establishment, various types of gangs, the fringers, um, which are, uh, outcasts and turncoats. They're vengeful and hateful. So they live on guess where the fringes, the fringes, um, yeah. Faction relationships. There's a whole breakdown on the city of Plutosia, which you get a little bit from in the beginning, including the three moons, the transmitter moon, the tech moon, the garden moon. Wait a minute. That's not what they were called before. Wasn't one called like the murdered moon? No. Did I just read murdered completely wrong the first time I went to the... Do I just not know how to read? I don't know. Maybe. Um, because, yeah, I've, I've been I've been under the impression you've been reading this entire time. Have you been lying? You got an audiobook, uh, audiobook playing in your ear? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. And I just like fast forward and back. So there are the powers the moons, that be. Uh, the moons are uh, overhead of the three moons of uh, Plutosia, the great broadcaster dish of the hollow moon, the greenhouse crusted garden moon, the ragged ruins of the murdered moon. Um, so the technology moon must be the murdered moon. Oh, if, yeah. we, if I read it. So let me actually read it. It says, once a vast science station, more commonly called the murder moon now. Chunks still fall onto the planet below. So, you know, just got to read, kids. Um, there are the powers that be, which are all of the things that make your life hard. The Imperial right. families, technocults, enforcers, admins, psi squad, um, buildings of the guts. So, again, this is like literally buildings. Um, technology, um, the underworld, which is gang wars, uh, brain trade, mutant farms, all of that. Um, a, another section for the Fringers, uh, Bounty Hunters, Wastelanders, the Enclaves, the whole Enclave archetype are Fringers, Scaffolders, Cultists. Um, there is, so these are um, monsters, monsters. Um, random, wait a minute. Uh, you know what? Is there not like a bestiary or anything in here? Oh, are there any breakdowns of like bad guys? Did I just skip all of that? I mean, I'm sure there must be. And we're just like scrolling through this. Um, oh, is there not? Am I dumb? I read the entire thing and I don't know why it's escaping me that I don't see how to fight things. 
I know I'm positive there is, and I'm positive we just like scroll through it super fast. Um, but uh, we will let you know uh, later, people that are listening. Um, but yeah, so I can't um, find it either. And that's that's kind of it. There's a whole break. There's a whole page for techno babble about computing terms, machine parts, just shit you can use to 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 vibe up your game a bit. And that is Gangs of Titan City. That's the game. That's like 200 and goddamn 200 and uh, how much 50, is the uh, final page? 249 page, 250 page book. It's a great fucking book. Yeah, it's a great book. Great book. Um, why don't we just jump straight into the review and we'll talk about why it's a great book. And uh, we'll see what's that. So for those that are listening, um, the way that we review games, um, there are five categories or metrics, um, each one worth up to 10 points. There's art and style, which is the kind of quality and quantity of the art uh, in the book, um, as well as the style in which the art is used. Um, there is the layout, which specifically is about... Um, like readability and stuff not like the style of the layout aesthetically goes in style above but layout is actually being able to read the book um, readability um, hyperlinks navigability all those kind of things um, the rule set which is um, if it is a new rule set is it good if it is an adapted rule set how well is it adapted originality is broad across all things from setting to rules to to vibes all that kind of stuff goes in originality and then there is the value which is the bang for your buck score it's not just the cost of the book itself it's all of the stuff that you can get in addition third-party licenses bonus content extra extra bits and pieces like gm screens and stuff like that that is the value the bang for your buck because if your book's too expensive I can't play your game. Um, Very true. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Gangs of Titan City art and style thoughts. Um. So you know, it's a lot of pages. There are mm. a lot of pages. There's a really good amount of art in here. Mm. Um. Towards the 200s and above, I think there's some repeating art. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, it's not necessarily repeating. It's just, oh, it is repeating. Oh, man, the art repeats really bad in the 200s and above. Um, it's like the same oh. two pieces over and over and oh, over. Yeah, over and over and over again. Um, it ends up literally just being like the bottom border for yeah. for all of it, which is, and, and it's in spreads. Yeah, it does kind of. I mean, it's it's nice that it's filling up the space on the bottom. But I mean, listen, there's also a shitload of fucking art for 250 pages. For have one yeah, for person to sit down and do a really respectable amount of art. I will say that for sure. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. no. Uh, once you get to like 230, it's a different scene. You know what? It's probably by chapter. It's probably each different section has a different like two page kind of bottom spread, and then it's another okay. section. So if you go to like 230, you see people wearing like like rat armor. And and having like a purple worm situation behind okay. them. So what um, do you think of the art? I mean, I I like the style. I think it fits perfectly for this style of game. Like, yeah. I think that the the style that Ben Brown has in general fits well for this. Um, I mean, the 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 cover is. I mean, here's the thing too. We kind of have to bring the different cover arts into art and style, right? So like, there's the original cover, and then there's this like beautiful cover here a whole different style vibe literally three covers for the game that kind of adds into it um definitely have to bring that up um 
I don't know. I mean, it's you can't. I don't. I think between layout and art, there's never a big glaring white. Yeah, the layout space. pretty is pretty high on this one. There's yeah, a, there is empty space. Um, it's black and white art as well, which I don't necessarily have an issue with, but it is not colored on the inside. Um, there's no like color on the inside. I I think for me this is probably like a decent seven for art. You know, yeah, I think I think I'm between. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm around a solid seven for this. I enjoy the style. I think it works really well. But again, like we're going up, not down. But like, again, you know, there's something there's some metrics that you're just not gonna. It's not an art book. And that's what a 10 is yeah. basically like, you know, so it's automatically knocked down. Um, and then, uh, you know, seven is a solid score. I really enjoy the art. I think it has the appropriate amount. Um, right. I've seen books with less, you know, I think seven feels really good for art on this, for art and the style. Um, where are game scores? Yeah, I think seven does, in fact, feel good. Okay, so uh, layout, man. I I know I gushed. I think it's fucking... I think, I think it's, it's a pretty high number. They're like... like the only thing it's missing is a hyperlink at the bottom. It takes me to the table of contents, you know? Yeah. But it's uh. bookmarked. It's got inline hyperlinks that work. It is, like, easy to read. It's The information's well organized. It flows very well. They don't use numbers on areas that you could roll, but you also could roll those same areas. The tables mm. look really nice in the end. Um, yeah. I think there's a couple of spots where I wish stuff, like, information was in different places or earlier on. Um, yeah. But it's a strong eight for me. Like yeah, a strong I think it's about eight. a solid. I think it's, it's it is a super strong eight for me. Again, like the ones that are that have scored a higher have like like troy color coded pages right. and shit. I mean stuff that just that so goes so for me honestly it for me really 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 the difference is personally yeah the information that I wish was moved around and I wish there was like yeah. Yeah. I wish it was like a lot of it was offered earlier on. Um, yeah, like some of the psionic stuff, uh, the approaches, um, like the approaches I wish one I, specifically. Yeah, those, yeah, I wish it was a little two. bit earlier on, so I had a little more context. You know? Yeah. Um, what was I fixing to say? I was gonna say something. I mean, I, I, I think specifically layout in the way that like whoever put it together like did a really fucking good job i love yes. the use of like the black big chunks i love the use Absolutely. of like the art that's like a page and a half like i mean yeah i think this is a solid eight. Oh, um one of the things that like uh, death in space has which is one of the ones that got like a nine i believe also has a whole table of contents just for like the tables yeah like, it does that oh, would be crazy that was in cool. here too yeah yeah so that's the thing is like some games become like they do the job so good that like realistically an eight is about as high as we're gonna give yeah, for I forgot layout, about the table of contents like, for tables that's such a fucking smart idea damn yeah. it um, like glossaries yeah. like those kind of things so like again five is five is considered bang average so eight is a really fucking high score um uh rule set so post pbta um what are your thoughts good it's everything i like and and none of the stuff that i don't like actually um i will say like for me personally like there's a lot going on here there is a lot of um there's a lot um yeah i don't think it's bad i really like how you build your characters and how they have the approaches as a stand-in for like stats um this is pretty high for me as well. Like, I really do want to play this. It seems like a lot of fun yeah. to play. You know, I yeah. like building your gang together with your buddies and building your character in that gang. And then, like, 
playing the game seems fun. Also, you know, I I do love a two d six. Like you know, I I it's a good system. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing never happens, and I think that that's incredibly important. You know, yeah. But I mean, you know, this is my this is my favorite seller rule set. Yeah, two d six mixed success. I mean, I love the three d six. I love the 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 um uh what's uh, the circumstantial bonuses i love the way that they explain um uh reactions and and actions for combat and stuff like that i mean this is literally like the game that i want to play like mechanically you know um this is the exact style post pbta games are my fucking like my fucking bread and butter it's what i absolutely love i i really enjoy this you know and i think I don't know. I don't know if this falls in a rule set as much as maybe even layout, but just to to make a point, I think Hyperborea gave me a little bit different perspective on how big this book is because although I do think Hyperborea has a lot of stuff in it, it's also yeah. kind of nice to have that stuff, but this stuff it doesn't is feel different. like too much. So it's just this like is, this is there's a, a lot of yeah. there's rules, you know. Yeah, but this is not so much like rules in Hyperborea that has just like tables of tables of tables and stuff. This has like, it's more generators. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that there's so many generators. So what do you, what do you give that? I mean, it's got at least an eight. At least an eight. Yeah, I'm I'm at an eight. I'm at an eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I think it's an eight is really that... There's some cool things tacked on, but it's basically the core of 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 post PBTA. Like yeah. 2d6, mix success, roll some advantage. Like again, the approaches are are nice and a different approach to uh doing it. Um but um I uh I don't think there's really anything in it that oh outside of like the danger table and stuff like that. Yeah, that, like is something brand new that blows me away, but it is extremely well adapted. I think eight is solid for this. Um originality neither of us have read a lot of necromunda um but how do you feel about the originality of this across the board i I think this is like a it's a cool setting and i think that um it's a good use of the rule set i don't know that i'm really struck with it being like ultra ultra original um but like I don't, I don't know it's still good it's so really good what do you how are you feeling about it you know yeah i mean the setting if i had to describe it because there's a <clears throat> there's a very stark difference between calling something like something like cyberpunk and something like just dystopian future yeah. with technology you know what i mean and this is dystopian future with technology and mutants and you know this is post late stage capitalism like you know this is you know I mean, this is us in a hundred years, but, um, you know, I, I don't, I think that exists. I don't think it's a brand new thing. I mean, you know, uh, there's not a lot of touch points listed in the book, but Necromunda yeah. specifically was described as being like what they were shooting for. So this, the style of the setting exists, the rule set exists. Um, I think they do it in an extremely good way. Yeah. Super well done. Um, but it's nothing that like super, there's very little in here where i go oh shit i'm stealing the fuck out of that you know whether it's lore or anything the danger table fuck yeah um but outside of that i mean i think i think it's well well done but also you know um you know it's been tread before maybe not well tread but it's been tread before yeah i'm thinking for me honestly this might be the lowest score we give is because i think i'm gonna get for me it's a six i'm between a six and a seven i mean i really love 
like the classes all exist in other things right like uh-huh. even the gang types all exist in other things like it just mm. it's really I mean, it's like i'm not dogging it for being bad it's definitely not bad it's good i just nothing mm. is like oh fuck that's that's that you know um uh, i haven't seen that before yeah. that's a clever yeah, use yeah, of right. that you know that's yeah. an innovative use of that you know the things that are in here are what they i, I expect them to be when i read them you know which yeah, isn't bad no, no, you know? I don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, I think it it takes one thing you just said is it everything you expect to be there is there. Um, yeah. So if you've played the style of game before, you know how to play the style of game already. You know. Yeah. And again, I mean, but name me name me another setting like this. It's not Necromunda. Um, that is grim gangs fighting. Grim gangs and future dystopian mutant I mean, I could, I, could make a, I could make an argument that cyber metal carries a little bit of that as well. Does. You can say um, that, yeah. And yeah. then, let's see, I could pull up our... Um, let me pull up our Instagram. Yes, I know, Kat. Hello. Um, I mean, I don't know. If, if, you, if you feel some type of way, tell me, but... No, no, no. I'm listen, not talking about it. I think it's really good. So, but I just, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think that it's all done extremely well, but you're right. There's not, there's not a whole lot in here that makes me go. Yeah. Like there's times where we've gone over games and we're like, oh shit. Oh my God. That's so fucking cool. You know? Um, And And for me, I'm such a character driven person. Like I really like how the characters run here and I really like how they, they have features and stuff. But like each character class is exactly what I think it is, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is not bad. It's super no. well done. It's Again, incredibly it's well just, done. This is purely an originality. Originality so val- it so, does exist. Yeah. So value. Yes. It uh, is the- $25 for the PDF. It mm-hmm. is $50 for PDF and print. Um mm-hmm. it's 250 fucking pages, and it's a nice book. It's got yeah. a um it's got the little fucking silk um ribbon. fucking yeah. Um I, I think it's pretty good. Um yeah. I I think you you can get a free quick start for this game. Um uh-huh. which in, in and of itself I think adds value because you can know before you buy whether or not you really like it. Mm-hmm. Um how are you feeling? I mean, just like cost wise. I think I think it's great. I think that, you know, I think the market, first of all, I mean, inflation and shit like that, people should be charging more for their good books. And again, like you can't you out there listening, you can't get these other prints that I'm aware of, like the alternate the alternate covers. Um and uh the the two different alternate covers we have here. But the original one is like you said, it's well done. I love that it's not shiny. I fucking love that it's not shiny. It's matte. It does have a ribbon. Pages are thick. It looks really well done. Um, the cost is great. There's not a lot of other content for it. Um, yeah. There, I think there that is... is what is probably going to knock me down a little bit is there's not really a lot of other content for it right now. You yeah. know? Um, are you able to, on the on the Gangs of Titan City section, are you able to get, like, the extras? Can you get, like, the... Uh, can you get the... Um, um doesn't doesn't say on here GM um, screen can you get any of this extra stuff now or is that kickstarter exclusive 
you get character sheets on the uh pdf so you can print you can you print them out yeah yeah oh yeah no, there's a, a character sheet for zero dollars you can just add to cart and download directly yeah um so yeah so you get character sheets i think you get, i think you for get... 250 bucks this book is it's about a seven for me you know i don't think it's bad at all no I think I think with the ribbons and stuff, I think it's a quality book. I think I think seven yeah. feels good for this too. So um, so that is where we're at with our scores. I think this is a solid. I think this is going to land a, just about where I think it is. This is a thirty-six. That actually, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think this is, uh, I think something that doesn't fall on the metrics that I think adds a bit of a, um, adds a bit more to it is how well done the book is. Um, I think that uh, the word we used over and over and over again is thorough. So everything is explained not once, not twice, but three times sometimes. Um, so there is no like excuse at all for not understanding how to play the game um and for how well it's done i think that um it absolutely succeeds at what it's trying to do um and i think you know when we look at the scores um it's just that uh, originality is the biggest knock and it's not that it's not good it's not that it's not amazing it's just everything in it has been done before but it's done really really well in this game um yeah Otherwise, I mean, still solid score, really, really fantastic game. I would play the shit out of this game. Me too. Yeah, so that is Gangs of Titan City. Um, I think that this is our episode for the week. We're not going to do another one on Sunday, as far as I know. So I think next week, I think we're tweaking our plans a little bit. Maybe Mouse Raider next week? I think the it's plan tentatively... Mouse Ritter, and then Let's we're going to get to Blades to in the Dark. You're that next yeah. week, Mouse Ritter. Mouse Ritter, and then Blades in the Dark. So um, that is us. We are the Weekly Scroll Podcast on the Adventure Archive. You can find us on d.weekly.scroll on Instagram. You can find us on weekly underscore scroll on Twitter. And you can find us on YouTube at the Adventure Archive. Um, do us a favor. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, all of our podcasts there. Drop a review. Make it five stars. Be nice. Um, it really helps us out. And definitely go to our YouTube and subscribe. Um, we're approaching 800 followers, which is really fantastic. Um, so really appreciate all of that from all of you guys. And that is our episode for today. Definitely listen to the interview with Jelly Muppet, Zachary Cox, the episode prior to this. And definitely check out Gangs of Titan City. It's fantastic. And also go back inevitable. Hunter, always a pleasure. I will see you later. And we'll see you Farewell. all next week for Mouse Bye. Bye.